Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Did anyone see that clip that Michael Lutz was passing around last week from a Peter Pan movie that I've never yes. heard of? Oh, oh my god! god. Guy. That movie. Can we, we just start recording. Watch that movie? Can we just start We're recording. recording Patrick. Now? I'm already. Have recording. you seen this clip, Patrick? We have to clap. Oh fuck! Clap. Let's this will go okay. at the end. <laughs> that's it, right? We're, that's right. it. We're good. All right, let's clap. Let's do a clap at the top of the minute. Okay. Nice. Um. Okay. Did you see we'll that just clip? Start. We're just in it already. Yeah. Did okay. you see that clip? No, Patrick, but I've heard you, about it. You okay? It's oh, the Hugh Jackman, right? Please, it's the Hugh Jackman. Please, you need watch to it right fucking now. see this, please man. Watch it right all right, now. let's just all watch it. Let's just all watch it. Yeah, can okay. you just all watch it? it can you bring, bring it, up. it up and link it to? Thank you. It yeah. actually Welcome. fucked me up for oh like my a God. while. This okay, but here's hold on. Yeah. Here's the, the mm. fucked up bit is that this comes like days after I say the words. Joe Wright is a great direct filmmaker. Is it the person who directed this movie? Yep. Where's Same person clip? who did the fucking Kieran Knightley Pride and Prejudice. Are you made this movie? You know what? Same energy. Whoa, whoa. Hold <laughs> we on. Have a we have a fucking series for Be Good and Rewatch yep. it now. Yeah. We have uh-huh. we had a run. Uh-huh. We have always had a through line. <laughs> We've always it's always been there. What is Who was it? Michael Lutz, right? Yeah, I mean I can just link it to you. You want me yeah, to just yeah, put yeah. it in chat? Because yeah. I, I linked it to people immediately. Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, <laughs> I was just Oh my god, I'm scrolling through his feed and I just hit the uh Noah. Um, what the fuck? The neoliberal anime. No, the guy. neoliberal anime. anime. Oh my Did god! Did you see that, Patrick? God, what a fucking week! No, what I, a, what I don't week? go on Twitter on the weekends. Oh my because god! Because this is the kind of bullshit that you people get into. Oh my god! Is going down the fucking rabbit hole of one man's <laughs> proposal that anime is neoliberal, and then the whole fucking Twitter sphere loses its mind over yep. something that doesn't matter. Yep. That dude sucks. Yeah, I I that sucks. Dude. But he's one dude who gives a shit what he has to say. Me. He <laughs> no way you have to on anything. Because he's a pundit says, of modern significance. When someone says Cowboy Bebop is the <laughs> most neoliberal anime, it it demands at least no, a, like no. something. It demands you turn off your phone and go, what a fucking putz, and just move I mean, on with your life. That is what I did. And what I did was like then and went and watched a bunch of anime because I know what my life is. But I couldn't not support those in the trenches of dr- here's the other thing any excuse to drag that motherfucker <laughs> is a good excuse <laughs> no excuse Noah Smith fucking God. sucks yeah, he, he no, sucks he for sucks. a long time and like anytime he shows his ass and like and you undermine him as a as a pundit in general touchdown yeah. <laughs> seven points all the way you don't even need to kick the two field point goal. conversion yeah you get the two <laughs> point like- conversion it's like people can have forks in the road, right? Yeah. It's like Matt Iglesias had gone yes. full shitty neoliberal. Yeah. 
he would have just turned into Noah Smith. And that's yep. where Noah Smith is now, where he's like, hey, I'm like hip with the kids. I'm a dumbass and <laughs> kind of a crypto reactionary uh, who's like yep. a position whose position is basically I agree that all these things are problems, but I don't actually want to solve any of them. And I'm going to concern troll every single thing. Uh, that anyone comes up to to address society's ills. In God the meantime, here's anime. Here's anime. <laughs> it's neoliberal. <laughs> here's Wonderwall. Uh, we should watch this clip. Speaking of songs, where, where, where's this? Clip? I put it in right, the there. podcast link. Patrick, All do you right. see it there? Uh, um, yeah, hold on, I'm pulling it up. <clears throat> Are we ready? I need to prepare myself. We need to make it big so we can all see it. Okay. Okay. Right, right, dial I'm back ready. to the beginning, Pat uh, Kato. You're a little ahead. You got to okay. There we go. Yeah. There we go. All right, yeah. ready, everybody. All right. Uh, count. Three, two, one, on zero. On zero. Yeah, zero. Okay. Three, All right. Three, two, two one, one, go. <laughs> I can't fucking deal. <laughs> Is this Canada? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh. Uh, Oh, I remember this part from the trailer. This is what Newsies should have been. This is a, I, a well, okay, Juan, don't you ever fucking keep Newsies name out your motherfucking mouth, Rob. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> how did we get here in the fiction of Peter Pan? It's fucking fabulous. Yeah. Uh -huh. Look, at Look at the design on this shit. Uh huh. It's good. That's why you say Hugh Jackman. Are we dragging this or are we celebrating it's, this? It's both. Are we about to do a lore reasons on this movie? <laughs> I think we fucking oh, look, have. Wait, wait, wait. If I were an uh, evil wow. super pirate, I could only ever aspire to be like this, right? Wow. I could only hope to straddle a fucking <laughs> deck, deck and command thousands of children. Of children this I love the full breastplate with a sash. Oh yes. Homie God. was like, I need to be protected and I need to make it fashion. So the person who made Anna Karenina Pride and Prejudice and that movie Hannah from 2011 saw a shit ton of Bosman and was like, I want to do one of those. God. Made this movie. God. We need to, to rewatch this. Uh, I think we, we have might to. Need to. I'm, so this is here's on the, the thing. List. That is not Captain Hook is the important thing to note. The, the tweet is wrong. Yeah. Excuse right. me? No? That is not. No, because this is a prequel Blackbeard. that's Blackbeard. This is a movie about how Peter Pan and Captain Hook used to be best friends when they were kids. And they fought against Blackbeard. Wait. Together. Love the mythology. How did. Lower reasons. Lower reasons. Uh-huh. Why is Peter this, Pan? Here's the summary my friend uh, Dre sent me was, Peter Pan lives in an orphanage during World War II that is run by an evil woman who is hoarding food for herself and starving the kids. Thanks. Great. Wow. Peter Pan tries to steal the food, gets caught, and the nun summons a flying pirate ship to take them away. The pirate ship does take them, but only after having an aerial dogfight with a bunch of Spitfire, Spitfire fighter planes. Um, there he is forced into child labor alongside Hook and the two become allies in overthrowing Blackbeard, who forces kids into his child labor to mine for a specific material that gives him eternal life. There's a movie 
where Spitfires fight a flying pirate ship. Yeah, and we ain't seen it. And, and I can watch this movie. Whenever yeah. you and also they do that scene in it. <laughs> um, okay, but yes. So interestingly, so they're they're positing that Nirvana was actually covering Oh, is that uh, the nineteen forties so. yeah. pirate song? <laughs> How's it all fit in? You know that famous sea shanty Man. smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> smells like Sea Spirit is what yeah. it was originally. And then mm. Nirvana put the little uh, swing on it. I think it, it. Shut smells down this, like shut down this I always wonder what that was doing in Black Flag. <laughs> God. God. I want to fucking fucking pan flute like smells like oh. Teen Spirit. Everyone starts joining in. <laughs> The the uh, my friend Janine having seen this set, was like oh this just sounds like a once upon a time lore explainer mm. and I haven't seen once upon a time do you know about once upon a time I watched most of the first season because the uh, showrunners and chief writers were spun out, like that was like as Lost finished up like a bunch of people were like everyone that worked on Lost was like go make whatever show you want and they all made like weird uh, fantasy adjacent shows. Watch that for a while before I realized it was bad. Yeah, and, um, it's just wild because it's just it. like Captain Hook is hanging out with with uh, Captain Nemo in the Nautilus, and also like the Jolly Roger rolls up on Snow White and Aurora and Mulan, and like what is that world? <laughs> yeah, situation? Once Upon a Time is wild. I've not seen it. It's really, tricky. but all of it is set in like. An upstate New York town, right? It's, That's the it's, thing. Yeah. It's, like, it's in Sleepy it's, Hollow. There is the fantasy <sighs> world, but then there's also, yes, like a lot of it, like the moment-to-moment -moment drama is happening in, mostly in like a modern okay. setting. Isn't so it Sleepy like Hollow? A, That's a different uh, well, show. If I, if I remember the general show? conceit of the Sleepy show, Hollow. is that like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the characters don't know that they're characters, right? Like they have right. to be awakened to yeah. that. No, they like, yeah. don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. You but have some to of them be... are trying to remember and they've sort of, in a weird way, like they've mirrored their fantasy, rela mm. their, their fairy yes. tale relationships yes. into the real yeah. world, which is kind of interesting. It's a bit like counterpart really in that like, is there some essential self that we can't help but express? <laughs> yeah, but counterpart's supposed to be a good show, right? <laughs> Who could yeah, say? Great. It sounds like Kingdom Hearts, honestly. It does sound like Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> it does sound like Kingdom Hearts. Mearies. But here's the God thing. Um, I like that clip a lot, and it gave added, off a powerful energy. I want to see more of it. We should add Same. it to the we list. Fl we flipped on that clip real fast, yeah. Yeah. to so, be honest. It's so much. We went, we went from Canada being like, ha ha, what the fuck is this? Yeah. What are they doing here? The are, is, we are we watching it today? When are we recording? <laughs> we could just. We don't need to do a podcast. We could just watch this movie together. No one will stop us. No one it would what be, I say is, I want to be clear. If we decided we want to just come in this room and watch movies every day, they wouldn't fire us for like a month. <laughs> No one will. So what's going on with Waypoint? Like, I and I was just like, oh yeah, we're working on like a whole big thing. Research, right, research, uh, trying to figure out the whole, uh, the you know, the ways. We're trying to going figure out right the now. grand take on video games. It involves yeah. us watching a lot of books. You know, the whole like one vice policy. We're trying to figure out ways to fit into that in new ways. Vice Live, like we're just doing research. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all yeah. seen this movie with Captain Hook? Because it's great. <laughs> Blackbeard. Um, Black, Black, yeah, sorry. What he, a, Hook is in it. Oh, right, right. He's, he's a, just kid. a kid. He's a child. Right, but it, but the, I think the real star there is Hugh Jackman. Yes. A star yeah. of stage and screen. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, just showing why you pay him the money uh, <laughs> to give that. Like, look, not everyone can be a musical star. Not everyone can pull that off. You have to be someone who's like, 
it is credible that I am now singing in this moment. Yes, and this dancing. is a, one of the things I read. And he's Wolverine. He's, yeah. he's totally. wonderful. I love Hugh Jackman. One of the things I read on my break was a was a serious drag on Russell Crowe's singing ability in the Les Mis movie, and just like how you can't just cast someone and yeah. be like, you're a singer now. Like not everyone can be that. Everyone can sing. Yeah. Not everyone can be a professional like musical singer. That's yeah. okay. It's okay that maybe maybe he it's doesn't a need to be thing. in it. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. But Hugh Jackman, he's got the range. Yeah, he could do it. What's good, Internet? Hello. We're doing a podcast Hello. today on Monday, March Hello. 4th. Uh, we're here. We're here in G4. Have you announced that this room is called G4 yet? We've hinted I, towards I it. Tried. Am I back at an old job? Yeah, yeah, Patrick, welcome back to G4. Oh, no. <laughs> we're going to need you to be down at the set. I like uh, that job. Yeah. That's all, you know, you But sadly, TV. soon you're going to have to work at uh, EGM. So. <laughs> well, like, like we're gonna Yikes. we're gonna watch movies for a month in G four. We're all gonna get fired, and then we're gonna go to a relaunched EGM. You're gonna love it. Oh boy, EGM exists now, Rob. You know that, right? There's a theory. Does it really? When I say exists now, what I mean is EGM now is like the name of the publication. I don't I know who just runs a website it. Website now. Right? They're just a website. I think they're just a website. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what the M is for because it used to be for monthly, presumably. Minutely, <laughs> presumably they, they put up stories every, all the time. Now it's not once a month. Um, magazine, ma- magazine, electronic gaming magazine. magazine. <laughs> Love it. Sorry. Online. I haven't kept up. I didn't mean to imply. I'm dragging them. I'm yeah, just I saying. I think that's Patrick's next stop. Yeah, Patrick. We have to. Re- well wishes. It's a bit like once upon a time. Where uh, you just have to keep like reliving. Yeah. Right, exactly. You made it almost three years this time, buddy. I, you know, perfect. Can I, can I say? If I have to be stuck in a career time loop, can I pick a different spot? No. <laughs> Games journalism, just going between. And this is it. From now on, you just loop between the same seven sites. We're bringing back one up, baby, just for long enough <laughs> for you to have a job there again. Uh, I'm Austin Walker. I'm coming to you from G4, our new studio space here in Brooklyn, New York. Here with me in the studio, Natalie Watson. Hello, it's so good to have you back, Thank Austin. You. Listen, I got nothing but rave reports about your hosting proficiencies while I was gone. <laughs> Lots of people told me that you should just host the show from now on. Yeah, Natalie Watson should be the, Watch the out. Blackbeard of the of the good ship. Waypoint. I will I will command you all to sing more than just Nirvana. Wow, <laughs> I've been underutilizing my powers as captain. I've never made anyone sing anything. That might not be true. That might not be true. I probably made someone sing something once. Yeah, Almost but you certainly. would never sing. I've sung on a microphone before, probably. <laughs> I've been in front of so many microphones in my life. Yeah, honestly, it's a probably a good... Oh, that's right. I, I improved the the Space Jam 2 soundtrack once. So The entire sure. soundtrack? Just the, the lead song. Okay. Was years before it happened. Say. Kato also with me here in G4. Hey, how's it How going? you doing? Good. Good? I'm good. You did. A, you built a Gundam I, this weekend. I did. I also stayed up till three in the morning on accident playing Kingdom Hearts. So we'll wow, talk about that living like the life, the the dream life of my seventeen year old self, <laughs> uh, and also the one I basically still live today. If I'm being fully honest, also with us, obviously Rob Zachney, Patrick Klepek. How y'all doing? There was hello. There was a mo- there was a moment on uh, so I had surgery on Thursday, which we can touch on. But Ooh. I uh, was woke up at three in the morning. Um, waiting for a painkiller to kick in so mm-hmm. I could fall back asleep. And I was like, I just, I couldn't sit there. I was like, I need something to do. And it's so like the painkiller, like, even though you're not supposed to look at your phone at three in the morning, you know, your eyes would make it hard to fall asleep. It was like, the painkiller will do the work. Yeah. I need something to distract <laughs> me from my fucking raging abdomen at the moment. And I'm scrolling through, and I'm 3.30 
or you know, 3:30 a.m. Twitter is like a weird place to be. It's like people who should be in bed and people who are getting up early. I'm right and here. And of course, Patrick. of course, the first tweet I saw was fucking Austin, and I'm like, it's an hour later. I had for like a brief 30 seconds, like Dad Patrick was like uh, about to scold you, like go the fuck to bed. When Austin. was this? Like, I'm a, I woke up from a nap, or from basically a nap, to take a painkiller to go back to sleep. Thursday night, so Friday morning, depending on your yeah, interpretation okay. of events. <laughs> uh, you know, I I was still on vacation, so I can do whatever, they want, whatever I want, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> you can't make me. I, I'm going to go recharge by staying up till four in the morning. But, like, honestly, for real, it helps. Like, I am such a night owl. Like, it is, it is in my blood. Like, I... My best hours of thinking are from 10 p.m. till 4 a.m. Like that is when my brain is at its most functioning. Galaxy. It's when I'm like 100%. I, and, and honestly, what I mean by that is like in terms of being in recharge mode, consuming things, thinking critically, taking yeah. notes, right? Uh, my best like production mode hours are like 2 p.m. till 7 p.m., somewhere in there. Like my dream is wake up at 10, eat <laughs> breakfast, like go start to do morning work from like 11 till 1, take a break, get lunch at 1, uh, and then at 2, really hit the ground running, work till 7 or 8, then take another like dinner, late dinner break. I'm a late dinner person, even though I grew up having an early dinner. And then like work or like whatever, like low key work slash relax the rest of my day yeah. and stumble into sleep around 3 or 4. Like yeah. that is genuinely See, who I am. When I hear that, yeah, <laughs> I hear someone who is distractible and has not like fully come oh. to grips with that, right? Because the yeah, no, 10 to 4 is when everyone goes away 100%. and you're finally like able to zero in. No, this is 100% me being deeply interested in ongoing conversations, me being like, okay, well, what's happening in the world right now? Like I, my, this schedule, so, and here, but, but here's my counter example though, or counter argument is when I lived on the West Coast, this shifted, but only by like an hour, right? So mm. like I still do fall, I, even when I was three hours off and the, the internet got quiet much earlier, I still stayed up until three or 4 a.m. most of the, most times, most days. Um, yeah. like that is just like, I grew up with a night owl mom. Like I, my house had music in it all the time. I'm late at night like I'm just I've been I've been raised to become a night owl and it's when I'm by most me it's when I feel comfortable the most yeah. so I don't know it's just it's just where I'm at so I'm sorry dad See, for me it's like I'm like 4 a.m. that's that's my golden hour baby <laughs> and like recently I've come to the conclusion that like maybe 4 a.m. is not the golden hour maybe 4 a.m. is just the only time when the world is arranged in such a way that totally. like my other dysfunctions do yes, not like yes. derail my fucking train of thought. Like 4 a.m. I'm like, ah, now I can really like read that thing and focus on this other thing and make real progress. Whereas like by 11 a.m. I'm like, shit, man, anime neoliberal. Fuck that. Let's, dra let's drag this guy. Let's go. We're going. Uh, hey, Max no, Boot, fuck you too. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. Like there is definitely a degree to which. To which, like, if I wake up early in the morning, right, uh, and I'm if I wake up at, like, 7 a.m., I'm miserable. Like, I Same. can't do it. at Like, 7 a.m., bad. If I wake up at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., I'm actually, like, it's great. And that yeah. is the thing that you're saying, which is, like, the world hasn't woken up yet. There isn't noise. There isn't something else to distract me. And I'm able to just, like, oh, I'm just, like, going for a nice walk out in the world. And it's quiet. And, like, I can, like, just soak that in. And it's nice. That sounds really nice. Yeah, you should try it. It's I feel like I have this, like, <laughs> ideal version of myself I think about a lot where I wake up at 7 
and I have like me time in the yeah. morning where I'm just like I make myself coffee. I like go to work and enjoy just like going. Like you enjoy the commute. I enjoy because it's just commuting part of your day. because I'm not stressed out because yeah. I have time because I can pick up a coffee. I know that there's a coffee place right off the subway that I can go to, True. and that will be like my coffee spot for the morning. And it just I I don't know why my body is so resistant to living. My body falls into the the thing that you're talking about, Austin, of like. And when I was in college, when I was in high school, like even as early as middle school, like I would do, I think it was because of having like a very distracting household. Mm -hmm. Like I would just be constantly pulled in a million different directions to help out with a million different things. And so as soon as it was like 11 p.m., it was like when my mom, my brother, yeah. everyone is asleep. And then I was like, okay, now I can start homework. Now so. it's me time. For and real. then yeah, yeah, yeah. I would start homework at that time. And then I would also just like do whatever the fuck I wanted. Like I would could just like you know, explore yeah. what I was interested in. And I need to figure out how to translate that into the nine to five fucking hellscape that the world commands of me. But we I don't all know. We fit in the box. We all have to fit in the nine to five. Or for us, it's like a 10 to six. Do you? But, yeah. Mm, mm. Listen. <laughs> that, we, that waypoint nine to way, five. The waypoint nine to five <laughs> is more like a 10 till question mark. Yeah, it is 10 uh, till question mark. Especially <laughs> ten, now. 10 going on 11-ish. <laughs> 10 going, we, okay, call it's, time at 11. It's so. saying hello Man, at we 10. We wind at dawn. <laughs> and at dawn, I mean 11 a.m. <laughs> Uh, we record at 11. You yeah, know, which that's means, what I'm on. That's what I'm on. Like, that's that's the real thing. The wildest thing is, like, going home and being around people who are either awake earlier or who I end up feeling bad because it's like, oh, I'm supposed to go get breakfast with people or I'm supposed to, like, wake up and, like, hang out with people and, like, talk. And all I want to do is be quiet until 11 a.m. Like, yeah. I just don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> and it is not a judgment on anybody else. But it is very – or, like, going on vac – I went on vacation with a bunch of friends recently. And most of them were also pretty quiet in the morning. But there were definitely a couple of days where I was like, I'm just going to pretend to be asleep still. I'm going to pretend <laughs> to be asleep for another hour so I can have an hour where I'm not talking to anyone. Mm. Um, it is I, – I really – for someone who, again, spends a lot of time in front of a microphone, I value being fucking quiet so much. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I just had a vacation, and that that the point I was getting to, Patrick, was keeping those hours, being able to keep those hours for a couple of weeks, helped me recharge a lot. Like it let me be in my natural, unrestrained, just goblin state. <laughs> yeah, I love your unrestrained body language. By the yeah. way, uh, where you just like look, man. this is the best Austin can be is, is one of those like fucking inflatable men no, outside yeah. of like oh, car dealership. Wavy like, arm man. Yeah, that's me. Uh, Gundam, Gundam, Gundam. <laughs> Gundam, um, which is what I did, right? Like I watched, yeah. I genuinely watched more hours of Gundam than I've ever watched in my life nice. in a condensed period of time. I finally watched a show that I'd never watched before, Double Zeta. I've been listening to The Great Gundam po Project, which is a, uh, it's a patron only podcast by Abnormal Mapping, um, which is Jackson and M, M, mm -hmm. M underscore being on Twitter and uh, head, uh, heads fall off, head falls off on yeah. Twitter. Um I was actually just I just guessed on an episode of that. It's patrons only, but it's like a dollar to support it and get access to it. People should listen to it. They did a listen through like rewatch podcast of the first series, like Mobile Suit Gundam, the sequel. They're doing the whole thing, and they're like scheduled to do it through twenty twenty six. It's like what if we had decided to do all of Kingdom Hearts lore reasons, but like do a full episode on every world or something? They're literally <laughs> doing oh my two episode two episodes of a show per episode of their podcast, and so they did like the first three series. Plus 
plus the, the movie that comes after that, and that took them two years to do. Um, so they encouraged me to finally go back and watch one of the series I'd never watched, Double Zeta, which was really hard to get into at first, but I like stuck it out, and I really, really enjoyed it in the end, and that was great. Uh, I, like, I'm just like in it. I'm, like, I'm, I, Genlock kicked off an entire <laughs> mech run for like not that I didn't like fucking mechs before, but I'm just in it in a way that I normally have not been like. I don't know if this is true for you, but like when I was a kid, I would go through cycles of things I was interested in. Yeah. And there were things that overlap. Like that was like I was always an Eagles fan. Yeah. I always liked certain bands or certain TV shows or comics. Like I always liked yeah. the X-Men. But yeah. there were times when I was like way into comics for a three or four month period or like as a mm. kid, like I just I know everything about samurai now. That's it. For the next three months, I'm just going to be a samurai fan. I'm going to read books about samurai. I'm going to watch samurai movies. I'm going to buy a wooden samurai sword and practice in the yard. A boken. A boken. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. Rob. I'm glad you've gone down this journey with me. Um, and that's who I was. And I've kind of I've kind of come out of that. I blossomed to be someone who has like a set of key interests that I focus on most of the time. But every now and then I still get that like, oh, I'm just, oh, shit, it has me. Yeah. A mood has yep. taken me. Yeah, totally. You know? Absolutely. Um, but that's great that like as I get older, the more I start to like treasure that feeling. And like I, like when you're young, yeah. you're like you can't give in to that. You have to be disciplined. You got to do this other shit. <laughs> you got to be well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. But increasingly it's like, no, like go down those rabbit holes. Like if you hear something calling to you, yeah, answer it. Now, admittedly, if it's a dark elder god – then you know that's like maybe, the, maybe there's such a thing as like keeping your ear too close to the ground. So you're I still guess. playing Sunless Skies, then is what is what you're telling me. Yeah, Dark basically. Elder Gods like sometimes, and... sometimes the sky, like you realize it's staring at you, mm. uh, and it's pretty, it's it's pretty freaky. Uh, not not gonna lie, but no, like it's fun to like entertain these like little like passions or manias. Uh, yeah, like, briefly. Yeah, totally. So that's been that had been most of my break. I played I mean, on that note, I played Damon X Machina, the demo that went up on Switch. I mentioned that briefly during our Anthem podcast, Kato and Patrick. Um, that is a mech game coming out on Switch later this year. They put out a demo and like a demo that came with a questionnaire that was it, it felt like <laughs> a very defensive posture to be like, all right, this is a real fucking demo. It's like it's not a it's a demo, but it's a demo where we are, we need your feedback. What is like good the, about the this? The closest ja Japan will do to a beta yeah, as yeah. A, a culture that generally doesn't do things yeah. like that. Um, mm. Like the questionnaire is the closest. We're like, we actually value your opinion. We have some key decisions to make at this juncture before things are finalized. Is just garbage. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And it is uh, it's like exactly it was exactly my type of janky mech game. It's by some folks who've worked on like the Armored Core series. I think it has a really stunning look. Um, it has like really bad frame rate issues. It makes mm. me want to switch to so bad or like a switch with like a better switch graphics pro. switch pro yeah switch yeah. pro i would happily spend a few hundred dollars on a switch pro if it got me like a better frame rate on breath of the wild at certain points yeah totally um that got me better frame rate on this game like i think we're butting up against where like oh i really it's only a few years <laughs> old but it's showing its age already um is it or is that the kind of game that may like that game has been around long enough to have been built from the ground up for Switch hardware. Yeah, no, there, and if it's, it's having that if it's having that many problems, I'm putting that a little more on decisions made by oh, yeah, the no. studio. Or it was a game that secretly Nintendo saved from, you know, the uh, Oblivion yeah. on the PlayStation or Xbox. Because totally. like, yes, it's true. Like I want a pro too. Unfortunately, it's, all the rumors suggest that's at least a year or two off and we're gonna get a handheld only one. That is what we're gonna get first, yeah. This year. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's frustrating. I mean, it's frustrating 
I'm not blaming Nintendo. Mean? What I mean is, or right. here's the, the thing that I mean is, I want there to be a more powerful system because sometimes developers can't get out of their systems what Nintendo can get out of the systems. Yeah. And having sure, a, sure, a sure. higher cap, you know, or like mm-hmm. a just more more engine in the engine, more like strength in the damn system, lets you lets people who maybe can't squeeze all the water out of the stone. I'm using every metaphor. Uh, <laughs> get a little bit, get there a little bit easier, right? Like, yeah. I, not everybody is the has that that sort of like ability, and so. Although yeah. I will say that I think it's actually refreshing that the first thing to come is something that maybe will be more accessible. Yeah, totally. Like the fact that the handheld is the first thing to come. Accessible like financially yeah, is yeah, what yeah. I'm hoping. Not, not, not Nintendo's accessibility, actual accessibility like, yeah. problems in terms of disability yeah. and controller remapping Are is still bad. Very bad. Yeah. Um, but the idea that, you know, um, it the, the next Switch, the Switch 2 or Switch Mobile or whatever it'll be called, um, will be something that perhaps more people can financially afford is yeah. exciting to me totally um and i like that that's the first step is like let's just bring this to more people before we like dive into sort of the the hardware yeah proficiencies patrick you've been you had the surgery which you should tell us about have you been like playing yeah. are you in the mode where you're like i'm gonna play some switch in bed as i recover or are you is it just off somewhere no be uh i chose this weekend because i was on painkillers for two to three days in which i wanted to play devil may cry 5 which i'll have thoughts on later this week yeah. instead it was like i need to play a game which doesn't require a whole lot this is not, this is dragging the game more than i mean to mm-hmm. uh i played a bunch of kingdom hearts 3 for ah. like 20 hours 15 hours wow it's a it's a game that you can mostly hit x and there are other things you can do like it is yes. it is that game is designed that way on purpose like i that i didn't kato are you okay that, <laughs> kato could you are, are you, you disagreeing what, hold on hold on what uh what difficulty are you playing on Oh, normal right. Difficulty. Okay, yeah, sure. Kato is... Uh-huh. Oh, my... Look, Kato, I will not there stand. is not a world... What? Kato, Kato I know where you're coming from. What you attempted to do there, there is not a world where you are going to make me feel guilty for not playing Kingdom fucking Hearts on a harder difficulty level. Me hearties, you will not make me feel bad for crowd mode. <laughs> it doesn't say that. It does not say this game was designed for, designed yeah, for crowd I, mode, does I it? I fully believe that, given having played Kingdom Hearts in both options yeah it feels mm-hmm. increasingly totally simple keep telling unnormal. yourself that sorry <laughs> what so it's like wow. crowd mode Thank like you, the Natalie. original greek or something like, <laughs> like yeah, so, yeah yeah it's basically yeah basically each each uh each world you go to is actually in its original whatever the language is like winnie the pooh just speaks like a bear when you go to the, 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 the whatever woods the acre woods the hundred acres. Hundred acres i couldn't remember how many acres it was yeah hundred hundred it's a hundred of them hundreds hundreds okay good <laughs> Um, wait, so wait, what's your beef with Kingdom Hearts 3? It's just easy, is what you're telling me, Patrick. No, but like, as someone that was on painkillers, was like, I was be floating in and out of like consciousness, it made more sense to play Kingdom Hearts than like Devil May Cry, which like, at least I can say about it right now is like, it's really mechanically dense and like, even on the normal mode requires you to like pay like really rapt attention to like every button on the controller mm. to get anything out of it. Right. And plus I wanted to get through Kingdom Hearts 3 so that we could wrap up lore reasons and our PAX panel that we're going to do is going to involve kingdom hearts which we can at least confidently say at this point we did we did get a panel spot Woo! Um, um yeah we'll we should a, book that uh, we, we should book, yeah we should book that travel this week we, we really yeah, should we, I, was, I, I forgot to say that during stand-up we should come up with a run of show too like <laughs> what do you mean another we got fight? a big theater right like it's biggish like it's got it's gonna be streamed on twitch this time no wait <laughs> is it yeah oh yeah. shit we we're, should like no we actually got like 
I'm gonna have to get a costume. I don't you gotta do a, something. I don't feel like we need to plan a show. I think we'll be fine. <laughs> okay. What is that? It's uh, like, look, is it an I hour? Think, Natalie, I feel yeah. like maybe at this point we okay. can understand right, better than be ever before the importance of planning what we a show. Say on this podcast, <laughs> what I understand did is I say that anything at all? I just what made I an observation about good entertainment. Is that there is we have a natural ability. We have good chemistry. I'm going to wear a cape. We, Don't stop me from wearing a cape that I can expect. Are you at, I'm 100% going to stop you. Our improv hey, is We're doing good. a Mark of Mastery exam. I'm not we wearing are gonna, this I mean, we on should say what we're doing. Can you read the That's description? That's your costume. That's your, that is your sailor outfit. To, like, that is the sailor outfit to your Donald Duck. Is a sweater and a, and a button-down button shirt, down. Patrick. Yeah. yeah, you've kind of done that for yourself, yeah, Patrick. But I want to come across. I want to be can my, we all do, my nobody. Can my we, nobody is showing up to this panel. Can we all go to Boston, What's Boston World and like put on our Boston <laughs> selves? You know the way that the Kingdom Hearts people like show up at a world? Like, oh, I'm that version of oh, me. Oh, yeah. We yeah. go to Boston mm-hmm. and become like Boston Natalie, Boston Austin. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's good? It's Boston Austin here. <laughs> what's going on? Everyone in Boston should just be renamed what's Austin. What's good, bro? <laughs> um, I don't even know what a fucking Boston persona is. Is what I'm doing now, bro. Uh, what is bruh? It's like, it's like, it's, you know, it's that dude who saw that big fish. Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, can we please recast Serenity with the dude who sees that big fish? <laughs> it's a fucking baby whale, Jay. I know what clip you're talking about. Thank you. Now you do. Just search for It's a Fucking Baby Whale, Jay, on Twitter or Man, on If a, you haven't seen this clip, make sure you watch no, it. We don't have to do it right now, but I you won't. should see I'm it just after. Write, it's I'm incredible. writing it down for future reference. Um, uh, yeah, no. So do you have the description of what the panel is going to be, Patrick? Uh, what? Okay, yeah. Because we should announce it for real yeah. and let people know. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Uh, we're coming to fucking PAX. Yay. See, that's Boston Natalie right there. Right there. Congratulations, we found her. We found her. High energy, wakes up at 7 a.m., goes to Dunkies, gets a iced coffee, goes on a run. Nope. Coming to fucking packs. That's Natalie's. I'll Natalie's go on a run Boston to my nobody. Lyft driver and <laughs> I'll run to the car. I'm running to the car. <laughs> uh, oh. Waymo Radio Live at PAX East, which will be. Uh, Saturday, 1 30 to 2 30 in the Dragonfly Theater, streaming to the Twitch the first time. We always uh, wanted to be streamed to Twitch, but we always just apply it through the normal way. This way, we just applied the last second where I sent an email saying, like, hey, if someone drops out, can we take can their we spot? And they said, cool. Just, yeah. Do you want to go into a bigger room and stream on Twitch? Fine. So join Austin, Natalie, Patrick, Danielle, Rob, Cotto, Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Donald, and one of several time traveling incarnations of some guy named Xehanort for an in person edition of Waypoint Radio. In addition to talking about the games they played at PAX East, everyone who participated in our Kingdom Hearts season of lore reasons, I use the word season there, will be subjected to a live Mark of Mastery exam, forced to reckon with the way too many hours they spent trying to understand the mythology driving Square Enix's mashup series. There's absolutely no way this can go wrong. Also, everyone will be in costumes. I added that line, but, you know, it's still true. (laughs) 
I will wear something out of the ordinary, is what I will say. Rob Rob will be our MC, and he's going to read all of our answers out loud. <laughs> yes, that's true. It's in the description. It means it's real. Yeah, uh-huh. that's how that has to happen. That's true. That's also, the only bit we have planned. That's the only bit we have planned. It's the only planning we've ever done in our lives. Is watching Rob try and say uh, Xehanort. Oh, my God. All the names are just going to be brilliant. They're going to be so good. We should take a break. We have a lot of energy right now. I want to save this energy. I want to savor this energy. So let's take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to talk more about games. Is that what we do on this podcast? Or do we just kind of freewheel it? We just had to welcome you back. I appreciate it. I like it. I'm happy for it. I'm happy to be here. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, we are back. Uh, what else? Is, what else is going on? We dragged. We dragged the difficulty in Kingdom Hearts three. We uh, we talked about some Gundam can I just stuff. Say, can I just sum up oh my? Because I want to keep lore reasons positive. Yes. I don't want. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about Kingdom Hearts three, but uh, I I've played thirty hours. Uh, I don't particularly like it, or at least I dislike it in the way that I have disliked previous entries in the franchise, and mm-hmm. I'm disappointed at the lack of imagination at what this series could be in the generational leap between two and three. I don't think it takes advantage of the worlds very well. I, the combat's fine. Um, but there are often instances like limited instances where the game actually asks you to do uh, Kato without spoiling, but like during the final sort of gauntlet of battles, there are some sequences where if you don't actually understand how the counter mechanism works, you're going to have like a a really hard time or you just have to like, glide around the arena avoiding um, <laughs> attacks, which the game gives you like a super move at the end in like a really funny way. We could talk about that in the podcast. But like there are moments like that where you have one-on-one instances uh, 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 where I'm like, oh, like there are cool nuances to this combat yeah. that it just has never asked me to engage with. There are like brief moments like in the Big Hero uh, 6 uh, world where elemental stuff comes into, very briefly, is like use fire and magic in, in different ways that I just wish the game thought about more often because mm-hmm. it actually under undercuts the complexity and interestingness of its own combat because it never asks you to engage with it and allows you to, at least in the normal mode, just do XXX, XXX yeah. to a degree that um, is frustrating because it doesn't ask you to do anything more. Um, and then separately from that, the Disney stuff is the weakest part of this entire game and you spend so much that's, time that's in it. Bummer. You spend 25 hours in Disney stuff in which it poorly retells different Disney stories without hitting major story beats because it doesn't have the time or Disney won't let them touch <laughs> those parts of the story. And well, the best parts about Kingdom Hearts. It depends on the Hearts, world, right? Well, they're like, no. Because like, 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 like Tangled was like, that was just the movie. Which is not great either. Right? No, like, right? I saw, a, I saw a couple <laughs> of times where people the said, movie. <laughs> it's just the movie, but like missing sure. huge character arcs. It's just sure. like, it just like, they and assume even the best you've part, seen, what if they, that's why you're instead here. of doing this, what they did was 
they like took one major sequence out of each thing or like, I get it. Disney isn't going to let them tell a side story in the Tangled universe. It's yeah. like you can't touch the Tangled well, the universe. Well, the weird it's thing so is important. that um, the, but sometimes they do, they, right? They do, so yes. here, here's the There's thing. A few times so Monsters, so Monsters, Inc. Um, takes place. So Monster, there's two Monsters Inc. movies. There's yeah. Monsters University, which is a prequel when they're in college, and there's Monsters Inc., which technically came before. This mo- in, in Kingdom Hearts, it takes place after the events of Monsters Inc., and there is no mythology after that in the official Disney huh. lore. Yeah. And so, like, it's interesting that like it takes place after like in uh, Monstropolis, they have stopped scaring kids, and instead they try to make the kids laugh. And so, like, there's like a little bit of uh, the game doing some ver- some level of world building related to a universe that Disney has not done themselves. It's also, this is not a spoiler, it's just one of the things I wish the game did more often, is that when it chooses to go into a Disney realm, I wish it thought about how is, is it choosing it because it just wants to do a cool Disney world, or is it thinking about the themes of that Disney story and trying to tie it into the themes of Kingdom Hearts? Because the very last sequence in the Monsters, Inc. world has one of the best sequences in the whole game, where it it speaks to the world of Monsters, Inc. and what the underlying mythology of that world and why Organization 13, why there would be nefarious forces interested in Monsters, Inc. And it's super smart and cool. And And for a brief second, you see like a much more interesting version of what Kingdom Hearts could be if it was actually genuinely interested in the Disney part past the aesthetics. Yeah. Because the most interesting parts of Kingdom Hearts 3 is when it just realizes the best bullshit is its own bullshit and it just becomes a Final Fantasy game for the last six hours mm. and realizes its own mythology is way more interesting than the Disney stuff, largely because it doesn't engage with the Disney stuff or it, it, or Disney doesn't let them. It's right, like hard to tell right. like where one ends and the other begins. Um, but there are very specific sequences like the Monsters, Inc. one or... I think uh, Toy Story Toy St- kind of did that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, towards, at the, towards so, the very towards end. The very like the end. Toy, yeah. Toy yeah. Story has yeah. a whole other thing that's like a neat little... At the beginning of the Toy Story one, it gestures towards video games. Right. Yeah. And that's really cool. I saw that at my at the like E3 demo. Um, so like I like, oh, okay, huh, that's neat. There's like at least playing with the space a little bit, which I'm which I'm it seems cool. I keep thinking like, what if they had gone the Disney Infinity route with this whole series, or even just with three, where Disney Infinity uh obviously is also like, oh, a big crossover, you know, all the different Disney stuff. You play through bits of the stories of the of the Disney movies. But what they did was say, like, oh, the main gameplay like verbs are all different in each of these things. Like this this game's a character action game, because that makes sense with this. This is a game about exploration. Yeah. This yeah. is a game that's about racing, like the car stuff is just like a racing game. Yeah. And obviously that's like a lot of work. Uh, to do, and, or I mean, the way that Disney Infinity worked was that that main studio Avalanche uh, would would uh, bring on other studios to help develop key elements or key and parts. And it's also of not things. all at once. No, totally. But I think it could still be. It could be cool if there was like a JRPG foundation, like an yeah. JRPG foundation that also had like you go to the Pirates of the Caribbean world and do a lot of cool exploration on ships or something. The, there's a ship combat. There's, oh, yeah. is there? they built the okay. whole ship yeah, combat. Yeah. All right. Well, they maybe they actually the built. Well, sort of. They built it and then do nothing with it, which is like wow. they built like a totally competent like ship, like for like a basic right. action game, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ship combat system. And there's actually a whole sequence where uh, they're like, hey, just go explore the map and like level up by collecting crabs <laughs> for some reason. Um, but the moment you go like the, the game opens up the from- map. From mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. When you when you collect crabs to you level up crabs. your ship. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. And and it get, opens up this whole map and like the whole 
like the notion you have there is like, oh, actually, like, cool. I'm just going to go fucking explore and like do some shit. No, you're but, not. Like, immediately, immediately the care, like Donald and Goofy are like, yo, we better get to the final battle, Sora. And it's like, I, th- I thought you wanted me to level up. And they're like, no, the final battle is over there. <laughs> and like, you're just like, and you can go and like explore but it's very clear you're not act like there's no reason to. Yeah. You should just you're actively listen. like pushing against like the yeah. intended path. Like you're at there's like That's an active there's like a real tension there between it's it's, yeah. it's it's such a messy game. I'm glad it exists. Like I agree like with uh, Julie's review of the game that she did for uh, us on the site a couple of weeks back, where it's an important mess. It, yeah. Like it, it it's it speaks to what would be a different world where copyright was a little more fungible and you know arts. You know, the, the parts that I don't like about it, I'm glad that I can be, like, mad at it and, like, pull it apart and, like, wish it was a better thing. Um, like, we're better for Kingdom Hearts existing, as frustrating as I get about <laughs> different parts of it. Um, I just wonder if the future of that series is downplaying the Disney stuff and just leaning more into the thing that actually gets people really excited. Like, the Disney stuff is cool. I think maybe there's probably a better way to deploy it than yeah. making it the, like, anchor the, of the yeah, game, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is yeah. 25 hours of, like, if this is all you're going to do with it. Just make the Disney stuff more of a surprise where it's like, yeah. oh shit, like we're doing some Disney stuff in the middle of right. the Kingdom Hearts stuff. Yeah. And Maybe they'll get it right for Kingdom to... Hearts 4. You know, I'm sure it's coming. It's another few years. Oh, didn't they come out and say there will be a, another different Kingdom Hearts game before Kingdom Hearts 4? The, there was, well, there's a they, VR. They there's VR the VR. Coming there's coming uh, fi- The final mix version that they used to do will just be a DLC that comes out okay. before oh, the nice. end of the year. That's so good. whatever is the setup for what's next will come in some DLC before the end of 2019, I guess. Nice. So anyway, I can lore reasons is supposed to be positive. It's a, it's a, it's a safe place for kingdom hearts. So I wanted to get my criticisms <laughs> out. negative energy. Yeah. Out. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, seriously, the... like, I, t- I take that part like really seriously. Like mm-hmm. I, I wanted to go like, cause I've dunked on that series like in a mean way for years. And like, I've, I wanted like more reasons asshole. like as a, <laughs> Yeah, as an asshole. Yeah, yeah. well, uh-huh. those fans, are, those fans are soft. Um, and oh uh, my god, <laughs> Patrick, no, well, why do you take so be, much joy from should, this? They should become more proud, like the difficulty. Um, <laughs> and uh, and Low Reasons is a pure place where we take it on its own terms and and embrace it for what it is, and and, and it's true. all it warts and all. So I wanted Low Reasons to continue to be that place. So I'm at the end of Kingdom Hearts. We'll still talk about that ending, but. Um, yeah, I'm like probably it seems like ten minutes from from the end. It's just paused up in a different room. So. What I love there is how serious you are about using the Disney stuff appropriately. <laughs> like the fact that I like, love you Disney. were you were offended like if, that like yes, you, they did tangled. not even engage with the themes of Tangled. <laughs> no, fuck off out of here with this shallow reading of Tangled. This what? is not just the, this is not just <laughs> tropes and shout outs. I'm you, here for Disney fans. Patrick is pissed. People not seeing Patrick's face right now. You're missing out. <laughs> They, those those are good ass movies, and like I'm not saying they're gonna change the world, but I'm saying that like for what this is a like a series that takes its storytelling, its characters, its drama extremely seriously, and it's just plucking aesthetics when it could be doing a lot more with the things that it's pulling from. And because it's not doing anything meaningful while you're there, like it's just a lot of hack and slashing going through a truncate. I'm just saying like it could do more with what it's attempting to do, and it would be a much better experience for everyone, the Disney fans, the Kingdom Hearts fans, like. The cross between them. Uh, I also, could, yeah, those movies are fucking good. Tangled's a great movie. Like, I could definitely see Disney like tightening their grip a little bit more as like the series progressed because I think in like two you had more uh, uh, sort of interaction between the Disney worlds and the Kingdom Hearts story itself. Like you just had more 
Kingdom Hearts battles within the Disney world. Yeah. Um, Disney was just a different company that long ago too. Yeah, right? like yeah. the Disney from sure. Kingdom Hearts one and two to like the 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 they didn't own Marvel, they didn't own Star Wars. Like the amount of like I like they've always been a company that historically is is uh, like very strict IP control. But even in the like ten years in between two and three is is a fundamentally different company. Yeah. Like I wonder if there's like an untold story about three's struggles that sometimes speaks to that. Cause like, so like the, the monsters Inc thing, the reason it's so weird is like, it's also the one instance where it might be the only instance where a Disney character interacts, touches a, uh, like a, you know, a organization character in a way <laughs> that like when it happens, you're like, Oh fuck. Like they just don't do this in this series. And there are yeah. probably, it's probably cause they're not doing anything with the monsters Inc IP. And so they're less worried about, the I think Toy Story, I don't Story know. does too. Think that one's Pixar. Well, that's what I was about to say. Is that Toy Story does too? You have like Woody, like going right up against you know. No one's ever loved you before. <laughs> yeah. So so I feel like maybe what, what, that's ma- sad. What? Yeah. Oh, what? dude. Yo, what did I miss Austin, Austin, I don't know. Like it'll hopefully show up in like your cutscene watch, but it is the moment where where Woody just exonerates uh like. Another thing is actually for all the, the the mean things I've said about Kingdom Hearts three, like probably top twenty all time favorite moments I've ever seen in a video game. Yeah. Is when Woody just goes after a person, yeah, and yeah. just destroys them existentially. Yeah, wow. with like the, it's I'm sure, I, how I, good a Woody seen, is this? Haven't you? Huh? How good a Woody is it? It's it's, it's oh you were here. Shout out shout outs to Tim. What's his name? Jim? Jim? Jim Hanks. Jim, Jim Hanks. Hanks. Jim Hanks does yeah. the voice of Woody. Jim, yeah. It's, oh, Tom it's Hanks' okay. brother, Rob. For real. Wait, okay. Uh, shit. Yeah, this is a, a bit. This isn't I a thought bit. it was a bit. No, I thought it was like, so. No. James, okay. James Hanks does the yeah. the voice for Woody in various properties where Tom Hanks can't uh, find the time to. Mm, is that mm, what he can't find? Apparently. Or can he not find that check? <laughs> Same, honestly, wow. I want to live in Kato's world. Yeah. Damn, Tom would have been here for Kingdom Hearts. If only. Hold on, if they can get fucking Leonard Nimoy he's just, and he's just really busy. Uh, Tom, anyway. hey, Tom, Kato, I'm sorry, Tom couldn't show up to Tom couldn't show up to your birthday party, but we have we have a special guest. Uh, it's recording from well. It's Woody, but Woody might have a little cold. Anyway, Kato, happy happy twenty first. Uh, let's let's play this. Let's hey, play I the can't CD. Believe Woody is on cameo. Um, God damn. Uh, I had another thought, but I've since lost it thinking about Jim Hanks. What can you do? You know, sometimes it's all that happens. Oh, um, I thought of something. Yeah, I remember something else that I played during my break. Uh, or like really at the start, like at the very beginning of my break, and I, I can talk about now, which is Judgment, the follow-up from the from oh, Sega's yeah. Yakuza Studio. Oh yeah, uh, in which you play a hot young detective slash ex lawyer slash criminal confidant who is doing all sorts of dope Yakuza shit. Wait, wait, there's like a Yakuza fixer game, basically. Uh, so it's it's a little more complicated. It actually has like a great premise that sets yeah. it up really well. So the premise is you are playing I'm gonna get his name because I'm gonna forget his fucking name if I don't if I don't I want to get his name right because yeah I remember him having a good name. Um 
you're playing a a the game opens with a, a shot of this like cramped legal uh, services that are not legal services like a law office in in Japan in Kamurocho. It all takes place in the same place that the Yakuza games take place in, um, and you are you see uh, this main guy named uh, Takayuki Yagami. Yagami is is the the main character who is this like young hotshot lawyer. They set up this idea that like ninety nine percent of course of cases that go to court, uh, criminal cases that go to court, end in convictions. And he has managed to get someone off uh, and, and prove that they are innocent of murder. Mm-hmm. Of um, is that like, like a real serial? A ser- I don't. I don't know. I don't or know. Or is it just I'm, setting like the tone of like? I, I don't game. know, and I don't want to make the claim either way because gotcha. who knows? The game makes the claim as if it's true, okay. like about the world of Japan for real. Uh, in a in a kind of a throwaway sense of just yeah. like, well, you know how it is. Ninety nine percent of cases of criminal cases get convictions. It's mm-hmm. also a thing um, they say in like the Phoenix Wright. They stuff, do also so say that in the Phoenix Wright. It games. seems to be something at least in popular. Yeah, media. so at the very least, it's a popular trope inside of yeah. Japanese fiction. Um, uh, and Yagami has gotten this guy off from a uh, an accusation of being a straight up serial killer. And it's like, you know, it's just like great setup of just of like, here's the law office. One of his coworkers is like a kind of, um, uh, not even smarmy is too strong. Just like a kind of clever, funny, quiet, but kind of, you know, she actually reminds me a lot of Lizzie Bennett. Uh, uh, a really? little, little bit, uh, who's like one of his coworkers, who's like quiet but clearly judging everybody and a little bit smarter than she lets on. Yeah. Um, there's a coworker who's like the old veteran lawyer who's lost a lot of cases to Yagami. You got or not lost, but like a lot of his clients want to work with Yagami because gotcha. Yagami's the hot new shit. And then like the the boss, the old right. boss man. And you know, there's just like a conversation happening between people and calls are coming in. And then um, the the character who's kind of judging everybody, the woman is like gets a call. And finds out that the client who Yagami just got cleared of these charges supposedly killed his girlfriend. And Yagami's like, there's no way he would do that. That would he would never like I know them. They would never, that would never happen. And then it like cuts forward ten years later and or five years later or whatever. And he goes from being this like hot shot young lawyer to being a private detective who is like doing like money collection for the Yakuza and is working with another ex Yakuza guy. Like barred from the law. <laughs> so he still I has his badge might want and he's still this game he, more than I can yeah. Rob, it, <laughs> it fucking rules. Good. It's a neo noir. Like they're leaning they're going, they're taking on the stuff that's like already there in the neo noir side of the Yakuza crime fiction stuff and leaning all the way in. There's like, so wait, he's not just a disgraced lawyer now. He's a bag man. He's too. a yeah. Like, he gets the bag for the yakuza. Like the first case that you have is following a guy who owns the, the yakuza money because the yakuza put him through law school. He owns. <laughs> he like the yakuza like that. Yes. The local one of the local families put him through law school because they like knew his family or whatever. And he's kind of paid that back, so he's not really under their thumb. But they do come calling, so they're he's still a little bit under their thumb. But his he has like a bodyguard slash like muscle dude who he works with. I shipped them. They're very good together. Um, <laughs> who is also ex yakuza who's been kicked out of the yakuza or who 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 resigned. I don't know the. I don't remember which. Um, and so like they blend all this stuff together. So it's the yakuza like. Uh, six uh, engine, so it looks really good. Yeah. Um, the combat is a little more stylish. There's like wall jumping. It's like Whoa. he is light and and agile in comparison yeah. to Kiryu, who's like big and buff. Uh, it's not that he isn't strong. Like he's yeah. still doing all sorts of wild, you know, smashing bikes over people's heads or slamming their heads into car doors and all and all that stuff too. But he has and he has two fighting modes. You know, he has like two stances. 
one that's good for one-on-one and one that's good for groups. And that stuff is all really fun. But what's really just great is to see this team, which is also the binary domain team, remember, just kind of stretch their wings a little bit and yeah. like try out a slightly different part of the crime genre, finding a different subgenre there. Um, you know, there are crime scenes that you do like your Batman walk around uh, analysis stuff or like, for instance, at one point uh, I was trying to clear, clear a client basically of, of wrongdoing. And to do that, we had to prove where he was. And so at some point, someone's like, oh, yeah, you figure out where he's at. Generally, you know he's in this one alleyway, and you have a, you have a photo of what the alleyway looks like, and you need to figure out where the photo was taken from. Like, where, where the fuck is the camera here so I can know the direction that he was standing in and where he was and who he was talking to? And so you get this kind of first-person walk-around view in a, of a crime scene where you're able to, like, look at special things and, like, make a note of it. And if you get all the things, you get bonus XP, and also there's a, there's a hidden cat in every crime <laughs> scene which is extremely good that's you just find good. this cat and go oh that's a nice cat and it gets added to your your cat journal um, <laughs> cat all right that there. stuff is all really good like uh, there is eventually you get to like LA noir style questioning um, component or not questioning components like an evidence presenting so actually it's a little more Phoenix Wright-y mm-hmm. of like I'm presenting evidence based on stuff I've collected based on interrogations I've done and conversations it isn't like LA Noir where there's a fail state for those for those investigations or those interrogations but there is a bonus thing where you basically get a set of like three or four questions you can ask anybody when you're talking not the same set like yeah. whenever you talk to somebody's like here are four things you can ask them there are three of those things let's say that are the right things to ask because you've intuited or you understand why mm. they would have good information about them and there's one thing that's a waste of time and if you get the three right ones in, in a special order you get bonus xp basically which is like a neat way of doing that and rewarding you for like being a smart in, like detective without punishing you too severely if you like fuck up and go down a wild goose chase mm. can i talk about tone a little yeah, bit here because totally. like, this setup sounds like i mean it's just the shit i love yes. in a crime story like uh like Real stakes, characters, like, fallen from grace and then sort of living this grit, this shabby parody of their former life. I'm curious, does this sort of, like, lean all the way into, uh, like, Yaku, it's interesting, Yakuza's tough to pigeonhole because there's yeah. an element of, like, gritty, serious crime fiction in the Yakuza games juxtaposed against an, a, a real streak of absurdity and warmth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, is this operating in the same tone is this more of a is this a little more of a crime novel type approach um what like i don't know like help me zero in on what the tenor of this thing is yeah. maybe throw like some reference you know, throw points. other references yeah yeah, yeah yeah so i mean like i think the crime stuff and the detective stuff is in line with the touchstones you might be thinking of like i think so one I basically just played main plot stuff. The open world stuff yeah. barely opened up to me in the 90 minutes to two hours that I got to play, um, which means like Yakuza, if you all you do is the main plot line, you're just going to feel like, oh, this is just straight crime story right. because you haven't gone over and spoken to the police officer who's too afraid to ask anybody questions or the S&M mistress who, who can't like the dominatrix who doesn't know how to be mean to people. Right. Like those stories exist in Yakuza. And unless you find them and engage with them, you would think it's just a weird straight like uh, uh, crime story. You get so much characterization of Kiryu from those. That's also true. Yeah. From totally. those like side stories of like the way that he interacts with sort of 
not like like with like marginalized people with like people on the outskirts yeah. with people who are just like outside service workers and yeah. perfor- street performers and yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah people who are not just like it's it's not a lot of like I'm working with a businessman yeah exactly and you get so much characterization from him from those interactions and like and you know his reaction to like he just like takes every like he he like accepts he's like such an accepting person like he doesn't like really he he's he doesn't really like quite I don't know how to describe on it. that note really quick shout out to that team I don't know if you saw this but apparently the Yakuza three remaster is getting rid of some of the transphobic elements from that game I heard that. because they were like this is not in line with who Kiryu is who's this open hearted good human being who yeah. isn't who is not a transphobe yeah uh, and meanwhile so, at Atlas yeah meanwhile at fucking Atlas Catherine stuff I that game is is I'm. Very curious to see what they what the localization team does with that because they have certainly heard the response to some of the stuff that's come out about Catherine Fullbody, which is the updated or is like the the uh, new version of Catherine that includes a new third major character and that stuff is really bad. You can Google it and find out. Like I haven't I haven't read it in the last three weeks, so I don't want to like misstate what some of the transphobic mm-hmm. elements are there. But I've mm-hmm. read some really gross shit there that is absolutely still transphobic and even more so than any of the stuff that was originally in the game. Oh shit. Um so yeah. Yeah, meanwhile at Atlas, a Sega company, by the way. <laughs> like that's yeah. yeah. It is it is complicated. Um or it's not complicated in the sense that you shouldn't take a position. It's complicated in the sense that, like, Sega over here, Sega localizers are doing their best to get rid of transphobic elements from Yakuza 3. Yeah. I hope Atlas uh, localizers are doing the same. But also, if that work is fundamentally transphobic, I suspect there is a limit to what they can do. And I hope that they internally are pushing back. And I, like, if they are, I hope that that goes well. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, judgment, uh, from what I've seen, Rob, to get to your question about tone, uh, I, so I didn't see a lot of the side stuff. I saw, you know, a couple of characters and maybe I talked to some people in the street or whatever. That stuff is still has that fun, light tone. Um, there are going to be a handful of like side investigations you do. You know how Curious is like a problem solver. Uh, Yagami is a detective and a, sometimes still he still has his lawyer badge. He still has a little mm-hmm. like lawyer pin thing that you put on. So I don't know if there's ever going to be actual like law cases that come up. I hope there are because I want that. I want those crime scenes where you're yeah. def- your defense attorney or whatever. Um, but uh, what I suspect is is that there are going to be a handful of like bigger investigations that are not tied to the main plot directly, but are just like working for clients who are going to be well developed. Because everything I've seen so far, it has what I'll say, Rob is like it's a little less interested in clan hierarchy like there are still yakuza there and they still say like oh this is tied to this clan when someone shows up it says you know patriarch of the whatever family but that's not what this game is about and so it's a little more laid back you have an off like you live in your office you're the sort of private eye who has like a couch he sleeps on and a plant he takes care of and a pinball machine and a rare pinball machine in the corner and your buddy oh, so shows you're not up. doing that badly it's it, it, so there, cool it, there is a there is a i think there's a moment in that conversation where someone's like why don't you just sell the pinball machine and he's like you know i care about that pinball machine (laughs) it's more important to me than anything else or whatever um and so yeah there is like the vibe is like he's bantering with his with his you know bodyguard character or not bodyguard but his muscle like it it's already a little lighter than yakuza in that way um and so i suspect it'll stay in that like warmth 
that mm-hmm. that kind of general orbit around like this is a good person who wants to make the world a better place and is doing yeah. it through their very unique set of talents. Yeah. Um, also, the combat looks great and all the cutscenes are really funny and good and like there's all of, like the wild ass action shit that happens in Yakuza here too. There was that scene with the skateboard going around on Twitter a couple of months <laughs> ago. Like it has it has some it has some good vibes. It's good. Um, so yeah, that's that's one thing that I that I did. Natalie, have you been playing any games? Um, I have. Yeah, I what have. What was that? What was there was a question mark at the end? <laughs> I well, I meant to play Kingdom Hearts three this weekend, and then I uh, had to go out of town. Mm. So, and I tried to set up the remote link thing that you can like stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a, remote play, yeah. yeah, yeah. The remote play. I tried to set that up, and it just was not working for me. So I ended up just taking my three D or. Jesus, not my 3DS. <laughs> Your 3DS, uh, uh-huh. My Switch um, with me. And I've been in like kind of a, a rut with my Switch recently where I like don't really know what I want to play on it and I don't really have anything that I'm super down to. I need something that I can like drop in and drop out of. And uh, I wanted like the lightheartedness of Stardew Valley, but I just, because I can't like save in the middle of the day, it wasn't really working for yeah. me. And I didn't want to like commit to full days every single time. So, after all of the Pokemon talk that we had on Friday's episode of Waypoint Radio, I decided to keep going down uh, my save file of uh, Let's Go Eevee. Um, I left off at the Pokemon Tower in Lavender Town the last time I played, which was like months ago. Nice. And I just like totally fell back in it, and I'm all the way in. I'm like... Having so much fun. I that game has so many like it's worth it to me to like talk to everybody yeah. because there's so many like hidden little gems of conversation, like little uh bits of of you know, one liners that are just like actually really, really funny. And it's funny how like sometimes dated they are, or, like the ways that they've tried to update it and stuff like that. Um I just got to Fuchsia City last night, nice. um, and I'm really sad because the Safari Zone is like one of my favorite things. They changed it, right? They changed. Can you it. set up what the Safari Zone was in the original Pokemon Red and was it just in Red and Blue and Yellow, or was there have in... been different variations yeah. of the Safari Zone okay. across uh, different games? Um, the Safari Zone is basically uh, an area that uh, you can that has like a lot of different biomes sort of and you can go and catch Pokemon some Pokemon that are only there um, I, f- I forget which ones uh, you can only find in the Safari zone but um, basically it was just like kind of like a z- like a like a natural ooh, <laughs> like uh-huh. a wildlife habitat that you go into that you could just go into and I catch just take some stuff and just mm-hmm. take some stuff, hmm. Yeah. which hmm. hmm, you know, like safaris, not not great, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, like safaris, not great. Uh, but I really like them because I got to like see all the Pokemon that I was missing, so I could catch them. Right, uh huh. So you could complete your menagerie. Yeah, I yeah. got you. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but in this game, your Hell Zoo. I got you. <laughs> in this game, let's put the put those living beings inside that computer. I they have a good time. I hear. I hear it's nice in there, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I can't speak to it because I'm not a Pokemon. Right. But uh, and if I was, I uh would hope I wouldn't get captured. But yeah. the cool thing about Pokemon Let's Go <laughs> is the fact that you see the Pokemons out in real life. Like, they are running around. Your house, your apartment. There, you put that, you hit on <laughs> that everywhere. game. And there's a Pikachu right there. <laughs> but they're, they're around. 
around. Yeah. Everyone's like, there's no random battles. There's no random battles. They're just like chilling in the grass. And then when you walk up, and to then you walk up to them with a jail in your hand. <laughs> I Foucault see was right. Prisons are everywhere. People have them <laughs> as little balls. They throw them. Um, you know, I see. I see. I see what's problematic here. Yeah, I'm not. Listen, we don't need to go. This is like an old bit. We've been doing this bit on and off in culture for a decade. Yes, but what's cool about when you walk up to the Safari Zone in Fuchsia City in Pokemon Let's Go, you see there's like a bunch of Pokemon out. And they're just like, when you first get there, Eevee like hops off your shoulder and just goes and runs up to all the different Pokemon and like kind of talks to them and is like, hey. And then it gets like chased by, it sees like a Taurus and it gets like kind of scared and it's like, whoa, that's a big Pokemon. And it's just very cute to see and very good to see all these like interactions between Mm -hmm. the Pokemon just like in wildlife, like in that sort of environmental setting. And you walk into, into what the Safari Zone is now. And so- Hmm. Uh-huh. When I think about my ideal safari zone is like that, but in the safari zone is like I'm walking around, I'm in like sort of like a jungly biome and there's manky running around everywhere and there's, you know, there's uh, like vino moths and whatever the fuck and you're in the, the desert zone and there's sand shrew and, and maybe there's an onyx that crawls out of the ground. I don't know sure, how yeah, onyx work. Yeah, they're probably yeah. there. Probably there. Caves, I think, actually. <laughs> Yeah, but they, they're worms, basically. Yeah, they're they're rock worms. They're rock worms. But very large. So, um, But that's not what but it that's is. But that's not what it is. What this is is a Pokemon Go uh, like in-game thing where the Pokemon that you catch in Pokemon Go, you can link your Pokemon Go to your Pokemon Let's Go. Uh, Wait, how is it connected? How is Pokemon Go connected to this? Oh, you're just saying... So the po- the the poke if you link your Pokemon Go and your Pokemon Let's Go like games, yeah, the Pokemon you catch in Pokemon Go you can send to the to Safari Let's Zone. Go. You can send them to the Safari Zone in which you get a chance to catch them in like a game. prisoner transfer. Wow, God damn you it. get a chance. You don't even get the guarantee. You get the chance. Oh, I see. To catch them in game. Otherwise, I don't know what happens. I think, I don't know. They disappear. They stay there. You have to try again. I'm rooting for them. Yeah, fucking get out of here. (laughs) Run, Onyx. But then you lose them in your Pokemon Go game. They, they're gone. Sometimes it'd be like that. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'm not going to, this isn't going to get me to fucking play Pokemon Go no, again. No, no. So wait, if you don't do that, there's just nothing in the Safari Zone? No. That's you, hilarious. You walk into the building, it's like, what do you want to do? Want to go catch some, <laughs> what, you want to go catch some Pokemon? Link your fucking Pokemon yeah. Go account. Yo, like, open up your, you know, let me see your phone real quick. <laughs> you got no, no, games got on you. there? You got, you got games? What do you got? You got Pokemon Go? Nah? Let no. me add that for you real quick. <laughs> Let me put you here in my gym now. Um, so, that's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. But um, the rest of it's still Pokemon. You're still it's having It's still Pokemon. I'm having a good time. It makes me very wary of returning back to random encounters in Pokemon Sword and Shield, which is something that we touched on yeah. last last week. Um, but I've been having a ball with it. I'm excited to uh, to finish the game. I'm, I'm almost there, basically. So... Um, but I wish I would have been playing. Uh... I'm glad we all came down on Team Sobble, by the way. I'm mad at Kato for calling for calling him Snobble. In the that chat. was an accident. I felt it like was... maybe. Mm. I feel like that might have been rude. <laughs> the, the, the amount of anxiety in Kato's voice right now. <laughs> Yo, yeah, so much you would you would call, you would him, call snobble. him Snobble, like a snob, <laughs> like a snob. <laughs> Just the opposite of what Sobble is. Yeah, Sobble's so open, open-hearted. I, I would never and humble. 
Yeah. I've never. You say you would never, but you, did. but you did. It was a typo. You yeah. could have edited before anyone saw. Yeah, if you truly love Sabo. The carelessness. <laughs> Honestly. God. Honestly, negligence. It's almost like a yes. brain parasite, the effect it has on people. Uh huh. <laughs> no, I just want to drag Kato for something. Listen, God Rob, you know it. how this is. Um, cool. Just like I dragged you for boats last week. I heard about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I heard about that. But anyway, Pokemon's still good. That's my take. Pokemon? That's my hot still take. Good. Pokemon good. That's a good take. I'm trying to think there's anything I also else played a lot on. of Fortnite this weekend. I forgot. How'd you forget? You go to the Weezer Island? Can we? Oh, my God. <laughs> Patrick, you have some shit to answer for. Patrick, what something? did you do? Did you not hear about this, Rob? <clears throat> oh, boy. Um, There's a volcano that... I know it's a new season. ...appeared in season eight of Fortnite, and yeah. the volcano... You've heard of a Wheezy season? Well, guess what? <laughs> it's Weezer season now. We- it never stopped Is this being. a bit? Not no, a bit. it's not. A <laughs> it's never a Second bit, Rob. Time? It's never. Can we get to a third time where Rob is confused on whether <laughs> we're just fucking with him? There's a Weezer Island or Weezer volcano, Weezer themed volcano that just plays. Does it play Weezer music? Yeah, you, no, it, it plays play the Teal Island album. Apparently, oh, does it play the whole Teal album? Apparently, am I gonna Quote, listen to fucking? This is from is that at, one of the good ones at Weezer on Twitter. And now it's, it's finally Rob. time to kick back and relax on your very own island in the sun. <laughs> Stop by the one-of-a-kind Weezer World amusement park in Season 8 of At Fortnite Game. Uh, find it in creative mode and listen to the sweet sounds of the hashtag The Black Album while playing okay. hashtag Fortnite okay. Creative. So it's not the not Teal the Album. It is not. If I was going to hear fucking... Black Album was their last one, though, right? I don't know. No, Patrick. Black Album is the... They, they made the Teal Album basically as like an elaborate troll to promote the Black Album, which is their actual brand new album. Right, okay. Which just came out. Thank you, Weezer. So it is their most recent. I just did a search for the Black Album Weezer, and it's a bunch of reviews, and one of the reviews is, Weezer's new Black Album is shaded by contrasts. So in conclusion, (laughs) (laughs) oh boy. Um, I played Fortnite with uh, my boyfriend's little brother this weekend. Uh, How was that? It, okay. We're at, so uh, the last time I played was probably like the end of last summer. And I was watching him play and it just blew my mind, like the level to which he was like, he was editing walls that had already been somebody else's wall and editing them so that they were his wall so that he could put traps on other people's walls and trick them into thinking it was still their wall. And he, he won a game in which he had 40 health for the entire game. For the entire game, he did not find one fucking med, med kit or anything. Fuck? And I was just like, this game is on a whole other yeah. level of play that I will just never enjoy. No, me either. I'm going to be over here playing Ape Legs. It's fine. Yeah, Ape Legs. I told him Ape Legs is better. <sighs> he was very upset legs. by that, but Ape Legs is good. Ape Legs is good. I got two more wins over the last week. I got a nice. win on Friday. I saw. I got a win on Friday. Damn, did we team up and we didn't even know we're on different we're on different platforms? It's fine. Oh, I should get on PS4. You should. Yeah. Let's play some. Um, no, I, I was playing with Will Smith, a uh, friend of the site. Hell and, yeah, there it is. And no, actually, <laughs> Will got no kills on the final win game. I got three kills. I got Damn, the final three kills. Nice. Let me tell you about that Peacemaker, son. Peacemaker. Whew. Peacemaker's a tough oh, gun. That, love that I gun. love that gun. Peacemaker's a tough gun if uh, if you uh, aren't. We you know what the Peacemaker is great for? 
uh, turning a motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Turning a corner yeah, yeah, real yeah, yeah, fast. Yeah. You bop. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're bop. like mid, if you're like mid range and you're just like, it's yeah, slow it's as slow. fuck. It's slow. <laughs> I think it's amazing that they made a space <laughs> yeah. Western game that actually understood and actually managed. It's not amazing because they're respawn. They do this. They're good at this. They made the pump action shotgun and the revolver, the wingman, both really good guns. Yeah. Because I've played so many like space Western-y first person shooters, third person shooters that like they try to have cool like pump action or lever action guns and revolvers and they just don't. They just yeah. don't get it. Uh, yeah. That game continues to be really good 50 million players mm-hmm. they announced today three it's, weeks is that right i think it's been three weeks wow it has to be more than that i it think it's be a three month. weeks no because i was it gone might... three weeks ago i was in california okay so, a month. so a, a month. month um i really like that game a lot uh i want to keep playing it shout outs i wish it was on switch me too it seems like a heavy lift on the switch currently yeah. though yeah probably um we should we should all play it together. There's only three people, but we should still all play it together. Yeah. Um, it's really good. Uh, anything else in the world of gaming? Right that was now? it for me. There's a I played a board game I want to play with all of you really bad, really bad. I have it here, so like we should just get Patrick and Rob to come play this board game with me. The Carly Rae Jepsen one. That's a role playing game, and yes, that one also. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> that one's like built for us too because it's it's a hack of a game called Lasers and Feelings, which is super super light in terms of the dice stuff. Like we would be up and that sounds like my kind of game. Be like boom, we're playing it. What are you? You the hacker? All right, you the hacker. That's the whole of your character creation. Give me a name. We're in it. We're gonna go hack. There's a card. So for people who don't know, there, uh, there's a role playing game called Lasers and Feelings, which is a super light, simple role playing game that I ran for the Beast Cast actually this past uh, uh, holiday season. You can go listen to that. They, someone made a hack of that, like a, a modified version of it that is about retrieving Carly Rae Jepsen's secret stash of hundreds of songs from like a science fiction <laughs> cyberpunk future vault somewhere. Um, that seems pretty oh, yeah. That seems pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> but you weren't playing that. I was not playing that. I was playing Betrayal Legacy, uh, which mm. is a legacy version of Betrayal at uh, House on the Hill, nice. which is like a horror-themed like uh, Patrick, you would love this so much. I know I say that about board games with you all the time, uh, but yeah, I, I, my resist uh, very I clear. My resistance is only no. a time thing. It is not a totally. Uh, I'm sure there are lots of board games I would love. So, Rob, have you played Betrayal uh, uh, at House on the Hill before? Uh, I think once, but I don't. I remember it not being a successful. Yeah, uh, that had also session. been my experience. Um, <clears throat> Betrayal is a game like the regular version of Betrayal. Is a game where the basic premise is you're at a house, you're at a mansion, you're building the mansion as you're playing. You're kind of like laying down cards that make up the the like blueprints of the mansion. Uh, at some point, you trigger a thing that causes it from going in from like a sort of like investigation mode into a hunt. And at that point, one of the players turns out to be the traitor and either starts playing as the monster or is like ordering the monsters around. It becomes like either a slasher well, it's story. Lovecraft stuff too, it's, right? it's also Where Lovecraft it's like stuff. Some it's of these evil cultists in some yes. of the rooms. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Um, and so that game is like cool. It's a fun way to kill a knight. Uh, I've had mixed success with the base version of it before. Betrayal Legacy uh, is a uh, is a, the, one of the latest in the legacy line of games. Legacy games are meant to be played. Um, are, there's a board that changes over time. There are, per- there are new elements to the game unlock, like new rules unlock. Cards change permanently. Um, so one really good example of this is instead of just playing like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick this figurine, you pick 
uh, you do pick a figurine, but also you are representing one of up to five different families, all of whom have a history with this house. Oh, wow. And so when you begin the game, you begin in like six, 1592 or something, or 1692, somewhere in there, uh, somewhere oh. in that century. And every next, and you write out the name of your character, and at the end of the game, whether your character lives or dies, you write out their fate on the back of the card. And the next time you play, it's like 20 or 30 years later. And the house has changed and new cards get added oh, to represent so new wings being added to the house over time or new people coming to stay there. Or like, oh, yeah, well, now it's the, you know, it's the late 17th century or the late 18th century or whatever. They were up to the – I got up to the, the late 17th century. And there's like servants in the house now and there's stables and uh, a maid and a, and a cook or whatever, right? And like that stuff starts to feel really cool. But also, because there's families, family shit starts happening. So the first thing I did was I found this crossbow. So we all show up to this haunted house. We all show up to this creepy fucking mansion. And the the rumor is, like, there is money hidden there or gold hidden there somewhere or mm-hmm. something. And so four, four local families, five local families show up to try to find it and claim it as their own. And... Throughout the first haunt, you learn. I'm not going to spoil specific things okay. because I don't want to. As a legacy game, there are reasons why there things can always play out differently. Like there are different types of um, haunts that can happen, different types of monsters that can show up, different types of cult things, whatever. Like I was playing with people who played previously, and different stuff did happen. But I don't want to still spoil some of the big plot beats. But they show up. And one of the first things that happened for me was like I found a crossbow in an unfinished room on the second floor. And it has a little icon on it that looks like a shield, like a like a family crest. And when you find a card like that, you can be like, this is my family. An heir- this is an heirloom that will be passed down from generation to generation. Oh, shit. And if you're, if you're playing as that family later and you find one of those cards with your thing on it, it does something extra. So like that crossbow for me had was like imbued with my family's so power. So you can like claim that sigil? Yeah, like you put you literally take a little sticker with your family's logo on oh. it and put it on the card. And forever that crossbow is better for people in my house. How strict it's so tight. Um <laughs> nice. and so like that so that's already cool. That's already like, okay, that's a neat thing to do. But the game just leans into that feeling. And so I'm super excited to start playing it with people who I didn't already play it with because for them, I'll be like, here's your family card. Read the back. Learn what happened to your ancestors. Learn how this house claimed them or learn how you you became the the, uh, the owner of the deed to this house. And that means you go first or you mm-hmm. get the special ability. Whoever, Whichever family won the last game gets the deed and that they can cash in the deed to like teleport from any two, from one tile to any other tile in the house instead of needing to like move through it. Yeah. Because I don't know, they fucking know some secret passageway shit because mansion ancient evil mansions are weird um it also just leans into the feeling of it being kind of dark and ritualistic and you know magical there are all sorts of rules that show up eventually that have this feeling of like we're all we are all doing something magical here like it's on Mm -hmm. a ouija board you know what i mean but like there's a sense of ritual of ritual play uh, that it's that it wants to emphasize, and um, it also just turns into this really fun PvP thing, or like yeah. competitive slash cooperative thing, where it's like, okay, that motherfucker turned into a werewolf. I've yeah. not fought a werewolf, but I bet you there's a werewolf in here. <laughs> uh, that motherfucker's a werewolf. We all have to figure out how to kill a werewolf. And there's this moment. The moment. The thing that happens in betrayal is there's like the investigation phase where you don't know who the werewolf is yet. You don't know who the bad guy is yet because the bad guy is determined by who triggers a certain event. Um, based on when a card is pulled, basically. So it's not okay. It's yeah. like basically, it's like some. There's more rules that I can get into, but I don't yeah. need to. Basically, yeah. At some point, it goes from being investigation to being the haunt, and at that moment, play pauses, and the person who's the bad guy now 
takes a, a special book that you're not allowed to see as the other families and leaves the room. And the rest of you take your own special book. And it goes, all right, this is the werewolf haunt. Oh, here, here is what yeah. you know. You're pretty sure that the only way you can kill a werewolf is with silver. And you know that there's some silver buried out, outside somewhere. Go to outside tiles and roll. I'm making these rules up. These are not a real rule. I just want to be clear. I'm not spoiling yeah. anything. But it's stuff like this where they go right. outside, roll dice to try to find old silver weapons from the war ah, or whatever. That's good. Dude, it's good. sick. There's stuff I, I can mm-hmm. tell you about off mic where it's like. There's stuff where it ends up because other NPCs end up existing. There is one thing that I will say very broadly where it's like, okay, you know that one of these NPCs is is the cult leader, but you don't know which one. Go try to figure Mm. out which one by investigating stuff around the house. Meanwhile, the other player is reading rules about how they can like maneuver cult members around or as a werewolf. What there's how do they heal specially or whatever it is. Right. Um, And so at the second half of the game becomes this like mystery of like, I don't know what their abilities are. What happens when I do damage to them? And then on their turn, they're like, oh, I heal all that damage. And you're like, yo, fuck you. Why do you heal all that damage? And they go like, I'm a werewolf. Only silver damage hurts me permanently or whatever. It's really, really, really good. And I had we had some close calls where it really could have gone either way. And it all came down to one dice roll. And it does the it does the horror movie thing of like, all right. We have a plan. You get that moment where you're like, all right, we have to make this happen. I'm going to use this ability. Yep. I'm going to run to you. I'm going to toss you your, your family's heirloom crossbow so it has you get the bonus from that because you're good with that crossbow. Then we're going to use the the smoke bomb that we made to try to you know uh, get rid of the cultists or whatever. And then you're going to take the one shot and you roll the dice and you, get, you need to get a, at least a 10. You roll the two dice and you only get a, an eight. And you're like... Oh fuck and then the other player it's their turn again and they just start just ravaging you're, like, you're dead you're dead the cultists swarm you whatever happens and it's, it's so good and then at least in the base game the win state for both sides is different and you don't know yes, you, you don't, don't know, know what they you don't even know what they're trying to do right, right, in right, order right. to win so like for instance let's say you're the cultists maybe it's you have to kill someone on a certain tile on the map so you get their blood or whatever or it's you need to live for 10 turns while the, while the ritual is being completed or you need to go find something in the basement and the other team doesn't know that yeah. so you'll that other player will be doing some shit and you're like what are they doing what are they trying to get to how do we block them and so here's the other thing that's really dope. Most legacy games, one of the things that people don't like about them is that they have limited playability. I it's was like gonna ask about this yeah. because also the other thing, real quick. So yes. the base game is tile based, right? You lay out tiles and build the board as it is. Does the does that happen each time that you That happens play the each game? time. Okay. It still that's happens each time. So it's like the mansion has changed over the last 30 years. Right. It's okay. kind of like yeah, the, yeah. Sure. the thing. Sure. It's like the there are some things that are always the same. There is a basement tile, a second floor right. like landing, the first floor landing that is like a hallway plus the thing. And the new one of the new things they added was an outdoor. There's yeah. outdoors now. So okay. there's like a bunch of tiles that are just like the acres of woods around the house, which is creepy Ooh. as right. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're kind of like building out a tactical map as you play. Like that's the way you investigate or you, the investigation phase is like, all right, I'm going to go north, and then you pull a tile from a, from like a stack of tiles that's like, oh, I'm on the second floor. I'll take us the next second floor tile, and I'll play it down. And you go, oh, shit, this is a bedroom. This wasn't here the last time we played. They must have finished a bedroom in the last 30 years. And then the, the tile will say like, okay, now draw an item card, or uh, there's something weird and spooky happens here pulled up from the events card or whatever. Yeah. It's really cool. So uh, the thing with legacy games is mo- many of them have – uh, a very limited play time where it's like, and most of the time it's still more than anyone ever plays through a board game. Like I like risk legacy. You get what? 10 games out of that, Rob, something like that. Oh gosh. I don't remember. I didn't get through it. Right. Me either. Right. But like you get 10 games out of it. And one of the things that people said was like, 
yeah, it's cool that at the end you have this risk board that has the history of your battles on it. No, this city has been removed because nuclear weapons were used there. Or I, I've not beaten Risk Legacy. So again, I'm talking out of my ass in terms of what I'm about to say. But like, oh, this became a robotic city that gives you extra production or whatever. Those are the sorts of things that happen in Risk Legacy. But at the end, you kind of have a map, a board that you could continue to play Risk on. But the cool parts stop. Yeah. In Betrayal Legacy, one... There's there are pages of rules that I'm not allowed to open until you finish the, like the main twelve oh, things, shit. and that's like one of the things that happens in these games in general is like there are boxes of stickers and and there are and like r- new rules that are like don't open this until your fourth game do do not open this until your fourth game and like, you're on the honor system I've never looked ahead I've not done that but there's a whole set of there's like two pages at the end it's like after you finish your final game open this for new rules and like okay I'm really curious about that but what yeah. I do know already is after you finish your tenth or 11th or 12th game and like the story of the house is complete and what happened happened there are still 40 extra haunts in the book that you could go through so there's like a set of the story ones but it ships because it's such a modular thing yeah like what you'll end up with is a house that's had 300 years of history set in, and now you're set in the modern era instead of in the 1700s or whatever and you still have all of these other all of these other haunts you could do on board game night it's just that you're doing it in your customized house where you remember gotcha. oh yeah do you remember when we used this thing to do this thing or or whatever it is so you're setting up the prequel for for the, like, the rest of your life playing yeah. this game yeah. right which <laughs> who awesome. knows if i even get through sure. the rest of these but i would like to and the other thing is unlike when I played Risk Legacy, the reason I've only played a couple of, you know, one game of Risk Legacy is because that game was like, now remember, make sure you get the same four or five people together to play it each time because they'll remember what happened last time and that's they've earned these boosts and these benefits. And it's like, I'm not going to get the f- same five people together ever in my <laughs> life. Like, I, Unless we all like decided this is the weekend we're going to play 10 games of Risk, which never in my fucking life. <laughs> I don't like Risk enough, even this cool Legacy version of it to do that. Um, with, with Betrayal Legacy, because it's tied to this notion of like, this is your family's heritage, you don't always know the secrets of the past, that stuff ends up feeling like a little more modular in terms of who comes to play. Mm-hmm. So like if, if Rob and Patrick came to town and wanted to pick up my friend Art's game, I don't think anyone, or family, I don't think anyone would feel bad about that. It would be like, okay, yeah, like I'm, I'm in this family now. What the fuck did my grandmother There's get There are supposed up to? to be new characters. Yes, and exactly. Parts of your, your family mythology that you've forgotten. Or yeah, 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 that's exactly. It. it leans into all that stuff so well. It's really nice. fucking cool. It's like you can hear me smiling as I talk about it because <laughs> I played four sessions of it or something. It was one of those board game days where you're like, do you want to just do another one of those? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we should go out to dinner. And I'm like, what if we just order wings and keep playing <laughs> yep. this board game? Yeah. That's amazing. It's really good. And I, yeah, it was one of those, the end of it, there was a moment at the end of it that was like, all right, reveal this secret thing you didn't even fucking know about. That's like a big, there were moments where it's like, do you, do you know the PlayStation thing? Uh, what was it? I guess it was like Metal Gear Solid did this. Or it was like there was a codec you had to call and the codec number was on the back of the Metal Gear Solid like box. Yeah, the PS1, yeah. like a yeah. uh, uh, disc case, it was on the, that codec you could call. Yeah, you, to, you had to look at the back of the actual physical case to and find. And call a phone number? Not a, no, an in-game, mm. like, ra- oh, radio. radio. Oh, to, that's to progress so further. There's a, there are moments like that in Legacy games a lot. Yeah. And Betrayal Legacy has, like, one of my favorite ones ever. And that is all I will say about that. Nice. Uh, it was really good. Let's so play. We should play. We absolutely yeah. should. So we Bring figure, it to PAX. We we should bring it to PAX. I don't know where we would find. I guess we just do it in like the Air- our hotel or yeah. Airbnb, Airbnb or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It'd be fun. 
I'd be down. I'd be down. I'd be down. All right. What's the length of a session? Not that long, an hour, ninety minutes. Somewhere oh, really? In there. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like pretty in and out. Like especially once you get it, once you get the rules down. So I think the first session right, you'd right. say two hours, right? Um, right. But by the end, we were getting through a session in like an hour. So you know, not that not that bad. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Spooky. They say seventy five minutes, which is probably accurate. If I said an hour, I was probably off by it. <laughs> Anytime I say an amount of time, add another you know twenty five percent to whatever I fucking said. <laughs> All right. I think we did a podcast today. I think unless anyone else has anything else they want to talk about, which I'd be happy it's They inflated my stomach. Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, Uh. word? (laughs) Yeah, we don't need it. You good? Yeah, no, I'm good. They inflated? You can't say. Is that how it works? I guess so. Is that the surgery? This is your fault for not looking up the procedure, Patrick. Damn. Damn. (laughs) I was told I needed to get a hernia surgery. I found a surgeon. I felt good about it. I, like, why do I need to go watch a YouTube video that shows what's going to happen? Like, I mean, that if that's is, the case, is, they should have shown you. How does dude, how does that help? Well, so when I right before I'm about to go in for the surgery, the um one of the assistants is you know walking me through things. Like, oh, did you look up like what's going to happen? And I'm like, no, like, like I'm good. Like, I don't. That would just freak me out. Probably. Like, I don't know how that helps me. <laughs> To, like, know what's going to happen. I just trust. And my wife is like, I looked it up. And she's like, you didn't look it up? I'm like, I didn't look it up. And they're just like, why didn't you look it up? It's cool as hell. And I'm like, why? It's and they're cool? like, it's cool as hell? And like, we're going to, we're going to, like, inject, like, some weird, you know, oxygen into your stomach. And it's going to blow it up so, like, the robot can get in there and, like, go. I was like, what? that's whatever. Just robot. knock me out. Why does the robot need oxygen? <laughs> he no, needs it's like, it's, I don't know if it's oxygen necessarily. They're, oh, yeah, they're yeah. putting something to inflate. They put a so tiny they doctor, a, just a minuscule mm-hmm. <laughs> little ant man, and in your stomach. stomach. Paul Rudd, uh-huh. yeah, it's in my tummy. <laughs> Paul this, Rudd in my tummy. I'm okay with Paul Rudd in my tummy. Uh, you feeling okay though, Patrick? I'm good. I'm glad you're good. Can get through the week okay? If you need a nap or anything, you just let us know. I will. Yeah. Don't don't have hernias. They kept. Oh, rest? this is a good. This is a good moment where I asked. My my main concern after having it was uh, when you have like abdominal surgery, uh, you have to like worry like be uh, conscious of like what you're picking up and putting down because um, you don't want to like either re-injure it or yeah. it just can be very painful. Um, and I was really nervous uh, about not being able to pick up my daughter. Not because like oh I love my kid. It's just like she constantly wants to be picked up and it was gonna be like a huge pain in the ass. You didn't have to, to say explain that. To her. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying. I mean, I love my daughter, but, like, I could get by for a week without picking her up, but she doesn't, it's hard to explain to a two-year-old, like, well, very quickly, I came home, I lifted my shirt, and she went, ah, like, yucky, and wanted nothing to do with me for, like, 48 hours, so I just scare her with scars on my stomach, but, uh... But, you know, the doctor says, uh, well, how, uh, you know, how heavy is your daughter? I'm like, oh, 25 pounds. She's pretty light. And it's like, oh, you're good. You're good. It's probably just going to be too painful and you're probably not going to want to do it. But if you need to pick her up, you'll be okay. He's like, but, you know, you're not going to be able to work on your core muscles for a while. And I just like put my head down and was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My wife, my wife, if she had been um, drinking water, would have spit it out all, all over it's everything. So like, my dog, that's not the problem. That's like, not what I'm not going to be getting here. home thinking like, Got to work on my core. Um, so I can't, you know. No hour of my, planking tonight. Yeah, my, core, my, my poor wife's not going to see that six pack, you know, until I my muscles figure oh, damn. themselves out. Damn. Next season. Uh, next season. 
I don't want to open a, a Pandora's box. But did, did did y'all talk about the eight chan stuff on Friday? The huh? Okay. Oh, we uh, did not. We did no, not. not. Okay. Jesus. I mean, shout out to Mark. To. Shout out. Yeah. Oh my God, we didn't even. How did we not? What the? I mean, I think we because wanted to you, stay posy. Because Patrick wasn't <laughs> no, there. Like, we were talking about other stuff. You know what? Yeah, we're also, about just, other things. You know, and yeah, the 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 piece had already gone up. The piece had gone up. Yeah. And we were just the like, beginning of the month or year. They did put out a statement. Said, yeah. While we've been recording this. Wait, did they? Um, yeah, oh, yeah, they did. Excuse me? Uh, Can we, wait, do you want to set this up. up for people who maybe are not living on Twitter like us? This went well beyond Twitter. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, last, uh, what was it, Tuesday, um, you know, which is usually Waypoint's research day. Uh, yeah. Instead, I was researching <laughs> some tweets from THQ Nordic, the publishers of... Um, it's recently Darksiders 3, um, and also the acquirer of random game IP, you know, every other week. Um, they're also associated with, you know, like Coke Media and some other, you know, there's they're a whole big thing. Um, they put out this tweet um, that I'm going to paraphrase is basically, they said like, we're doing an AMA on 8chan and we don't know why. Come join us. Um, and I saw that and um, I think I immediately quote tweeted it with a like quote from the Washington Post that was about how... 8chan is like most famously known for uh, credibly hosting child pornography and like discussions of child abuse. And it's a spinoff of 4chan, which is already a, a, uh, a hive of harassment and all other sorts of really toxic Internet behavior. Um, and then spent like a lot of people wondering they, they must have been hacked and like this didn't this isn't actually happening. Like the tweets were worded in a way that actually sounded kind of. Chan culture language where it's yeah. just, it was just really, it was really loose in a way that didn't sound um, consistent with the rest of their tweets. And very, you very easily could have seen a scenario in which like a social media account got hacked, someone links to a thread, and it's actually just somebody setting up a whole big uh, uh, way to fuck with people. Well, uh, there was the follow up tweet that was like, shout outs to Mark, who we still don't know who Mark God. is, who Mark, apparently please is the come one who. Forward. Uh, no, actually, maybe don't. We don't yeah. want to talk no. to Mark. Oh, probably. right. <laughs> we don't want to talk Mark to Mark. Mark is probably from HN. Yeah. Um, um, but was also a, a tweet that was equally like worded strangely that, that led credence to the notion that maybe this all was some giant hoax. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this uh, this this AMA started, and uh, some uh, two different folks uh, from THQ, one on the marketing end, one from the business development end were given sort of admin accounts or some sort of like flagged uh, way of uh, showing they were associated. And it went several hours where they were giving responses that ranged from uh, totally normal, like explaining how the business works, to like responding to homophobic slurs and saying like, that looks like something that could be in our Crusaders game. Um, And uh, it went on long enough that like I had sent all sorts of emails to various PR companies that were connected with THU Nordic being like, the fuck guys? Like, is this like a hoax? Like, should I be writing about this? And I think I eventually like put in a pay uh, in our discord. I was like, I'm going to write an article. We're not going to publish anything if this is a hoax. Cause that's just, it's not yeah, worth our time and effort. Time. Yeah. But what if it's not, and it's now going on long enough that maybe, um, and then, uh, I went, so I went to eat lunch and around the time, it, uh, dawned upon me that for a podcast idea we've been playing around with that we never got to um, because resources, I had interviewed one of the people who was doing this Q&A at THQ Nordic. And I was like, 
I have their Skype. No one's responding, but like he's on Skype. Maybe he's online. Showed he was online. And I was like, I finished my lunch and I was like, I'm just gonna cold call this person and see if they pick up. <laughs> yeah, what's and up? so I cold called and they picked up and just immediately, like you could tell this was a person who I think he was like, Hey, is this about the this this is about the AMA? I was like, Yeah, is that a, a real thing? And you could tell through the person's voice, like they're very nervous, uh, shaken. Um they immediately put me in touch with this Philip Brock, who is the marketing guy at THK Nordic, who put this together and very much like immediately sort of like said, hey, I just showed up to this thing because Philip put it together. He's quote unquote uh, dealing with it was where we were at. So confirmed it was real. Um, and, uh, you know, I, amongst a lot of other people, wrote a piece about it. And then, uh, you know, I've been trying to stick with the story because THQ Nordic, as of, uh, like, Friday when I was last checking in, had not, like, said anything public or, like, privately to their studios. And, like, not only is it inexcusable to not know what 8chan is and what it presents, it is a mere – despite being removed from Google search, 8chan itself, because of the content that has been on there before, it is a Google search away to just find out – what the, the fuck yikes is, is immediate yeah. with 8chan. Um, but also, it's like they're, by making that decision, they were painting – like it's going to be impossible to not write about THQ Nordic and put not put a footnote or a paragraph that says, by the way, they did this shit, even if it's not the fault of the hundreds or thousands of developers that are working on the games that they publish. It is still – you have lumped them into this, this garbage. So uh, let me find – I got off on that explanation before I pulled up the – Oh, I have it. It's in the chat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let me pull it up. So, yeah, TSU uh, Nordic CEO Lars wrote this, I guess, brief public statement. I'll just read it. Uh, this letter is to offer my sincerest apologies and regret for TSU Nordic's interaction with the controversial website 8chan. Uh, controversial. Last Tuesday, February 26th. Controversial, like, controversial website. One, right. Like, this is the moment when you should be explaining what it is in clear terms and why it is fucked up that you associate with. But you skipped over. Go ahead. It goes THQ Nordic GmbH Vienna's. They're, like, really no, pinning it down that's to like a proper. specific office. I think that is probably the official name of the company. The corporate. Because yeah. this is probably okay. a statement okay. to – it's to employers, part, or employees, partners, and consumers. But sure. I, this, is for, this is for shareholders, right? Like this right. is like we're going yes. to use the real fucking name of the company yeah. because shareholders – I actually don't know if it's – I bet it's a – public company but i'm not i guess i'm not 100 yeah sure. i just i just replaced it just because it was easier to yeah, 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 yeah. say but yes you it's are just... right like this yeah um uh, and and honestly probably the reason it says controversial is for legal reasons um that way this stuff gets sanitized as it goes through that process uh anyway uh i condemn all unethical content this website stands for you know if no one within teach you nordic group would ever endorse such content i realized simply appearing there gave an implicit impression that we did um which is the, at least saying that is something. Uh, as co-founder and group CEO of THU Nordic, take full responsibility for all of THU Nordic's actions and communications. I've spent the last several days conducting an internal investigation into the matter. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, haven't heard a whole lot about that. Um, I assure you that every member of the organization has learned from this past week's events. I take this matter very seriously. We will take appropriate action to make sure we have the right policies and systems in place to avoid similar mistakes in the future. Let's note no actual Clarity uh, like on what, 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 was taken. what those are going to be. Is no. that person? Is Philip Brock still there? <laughs> sure sounds like it. Um, as a Swedish-based, fast-growing group, we firmly uh, support equality and diversity. We're also working actively to combat discrimination, harassment, and misconduct. We are already in the process of developing new work processes based on the United Nations SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, and using the GRI, the Global Reporting Initiative, standards. And we'll accelerate this work going forward. That's just fucking gobbledygook, my and man. That's, that's not actually... Um, 
I, I'm yeah, not saying anything. I'm curious what those are. I don't know what those are, so I'm not going to speak to to how those would uh, address this particular uh, instance. But it's just like this doesn't answer any of the questions. Of like, how did it happen? What particular steps will you make sure, like, to to make sure this won't happen again? And like. Honestly, well, the the fact that this doesn't speak to the fact there um, aren't steps to be taken. Right? That's the that's the, the we, like the thing about this is one person who no, there are I think there did, are steps to be taken. Still, I think like making sure well, it should have gone through other people. Like, yeah, but like like probably a huge part of what happened here is like I talked to various <laughs> elements involved in like the PR side of of Nordic, and like it was very clear that nobody had been told this was going to happen. Yeah. And so how something like this happens when you have someone that makes – that doesn't do the research, that doesn't do the bare minimum is by having it not go through anybody else. Yeah. You're right. Like that is a very basic process change you could make where other people have to be involved in a decision. But he's like – by all accounts, like this Philip Rock guy is <clears> – like he is the guy. And so like if someone was to make a unilateral decision, he's the kind of person that could make that decision. Right. Well, I just – the thing that – when you're leading off by saying, obviously, like, no one within the THQ Nordic group would ever endorse such content, I realize simply appearing there gave an impression that we did. Y'all are making big titty lolly jokes with your pals. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's the thing, right? It's not just, it's not that you just showed up randomly at 8chan. Uh, you talked about this, you know, in your post, Patrick. Like, they are buddying up and pal- like and, and being chums with their, with their wacky 8chan pals. And to a degree, like, I don't, I don't think you can say, uh, just, you know, that just gives you the appearance, uh, that, that we in- endorse that content. I think it's a little more than the appearance at that point. Like, I, I think if you take to 8chan, like a duck to water and like yeah. sort of banter back with them, uh, that, imp- that, that certainly implies a hell of a lot more than, you know, you, you, you have a, a passing acquaintance with, the, with the, uh, site. It, that, that just seems so incredibly weak and vague, I think, because the, the really troubling thing here is that somebody did greenlight this. Somebody had a connect with a Chan to run this AMA. And then the people running this AMA were pretty comfortable, like chatting, chatting it up with this group. Like yeah. all those things imply a lot of things ab- it, about your values. It makes it makes no sense to me that you can like claim ignorance of what Achan is. Like Achan is not some it's not like it's not even edge lords, right? Like that's the no, thing that's, that's no, like it's not it's not 4chan. Right, which is already like 4chan controversial site. Controversial 4chan, site. Lots of subboards uh, a culture throughout that is that is questionable, but many subboards where people are just like talking about anime and are probably still using slurs now and then. Yeah. But like and that fucking sucks. It's so fucking grimy. But 8chan, 8chan is, is where level. they went. Because <laughs> they were kicked off. Because yeah. 4chan, 4chan was like, too restrictive. Right. That's where, that's how 8chan, like you can't, how do you fucking get, uh, like, okay, I'm how trying do you know to picture. About 8chan uh, enough. Right. That's what I'm to trying to even, say. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say yeah. is the fact that like, how do you get and a our, fucking pitch yeah. on your desk? Like, we're going to do uh, uh, an AMA on uh, on 8chan. And how do you not, like, goo- like literally type into Google, 8chan. oh, okay, what is the website like? How do I log in? Yeah, yeah, how do I do the- this? How, like, any of those, like, any of the fucking, like, 
logistical things I mean, that thing somebody like, would do just to fucking see. On the day of the site, you couldn't go to that site without immediately understanding what was up on that site. hundred percent. Is what I will say from, from what you people say on Twitter. You can't Google search it without immediately right. knowing. I'm saying literally if you go to the front page, they're like, ah, I see where I am. Gotta go. Yep. <laughs> yep. Can't be well, here you know, any even, longer. Even once their AMA started, right? Like immediately right. there was Nazi iconography. There were homophobic slurs. There were racials. Like, imme- what, like you had to be actively... Ign- and but I guess that's what that you know yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the the follow up so, tweet the shout out to Mark was like well you know <laughs> Mark said he's gonna take care of the, the, the trash oh, but the whole site is trash my man the whole site yeah but the whole thing the whole idea of doing an AMA so like AMAs are so like connected they're they're just like inexplicable they're just they're they are connected with reddit like reddit and amas are just like that is the, that is the platform that hosts per, yeah, this yeah. thing so the idea that these that like thq nordic intentionally went away from the site that usually hosts these sorts of things right. to a site that doesn't necessarily what was their goal like that that's purposeful yeah. that's intentional yeah. that that means something well and let me get something which is like i so i saw some pushback on the reporting from this from folks who are like uh, kind of echoing a sentiment that I've heard about other things, which is like, don't report on line steppers. Don't don't report on people who, who go out of their way to step all, across lines in order to get attention. And I want to like, I think this is a different thing, right? So uh, the example, the, the, the you know, uh, don't report on line steppers. There's a good video by Jay, uh, Jay Smooth, if you know him on, on Twitter, Ill Doctrine, used to be a video series he did, where he calls out the person, he doesn't call out, he explicitly says like, let's not waste our fucking time calling out the woman who did the bad This Is America video. Right, oh, where it's mm-hmm. like she, what she wants is for you to is for you to say controversial actress or comedian, blah blah blah. Uh-huh. That's what she wants. Don't celebrate line steppers. Like I get that one hundred percent. That's not what this is for a couple of key reasons. <laughs> one, there's a difference between like an edgy comedian trying to get attention and a huge company for which thousands of people work directly or indirectly or in partnership with uh, in a community that has had a history of problems with harassment and, you know, uh, transphobia and misogyny, racism, totally. All of these things that happen in this industry and in the culture, we need to continue to actively call out and address. This isn't an individual, a single individual, even though it is like it seems like the person who set it up is a single individual. They move with the weight of a company. And for me, this thing that like I can't fucking get my head uh, that I can't stop thinking about because I've worked for major companies before and currently do is feeling for the people who in some cases uh, work for comp- work for developers who either are owned by yeah. uh, THQ Nordic or who are in partnerships with THQ Nordic publishing partnerships and who like now when we write about their game when anybody writes about their game it's like published by THQ Nordic who link out to past article on them fucking up like this uh, to the degree that I, we, I, I you know I'm not gonna there was someone who who uh, reached out and we had talked to them briefly while I was tweeting about this that day uh, whose name I'm not gonna use and who's where their what their role is I'm not gonna use but have confirmed that that's who they are they, they work for a developer who has a relationship with the studio or with, with THQ Nordic was basically like I feel terrible being associated with this company now I'm afraid people aren't going to want to buy my game which has nothing to do with this and I don't feel like I can speak out about this internally without risking the relationship I have God. with the yeah. company because remember at the mo- in that moment they don't know how bought in the you know it's like are they going to double down is it going to be this all the way to the fucking until we burn it all down and like my game that I'm making they've been making for years like is just gonna die on the vine now, basically. Like, 
it sucks. And I think for that reason, we should continue to hold these companies accountable for both the fact that we cannot allow the bolstering of misogyny, homophobia, child pornography, especially. Are you fucking kidding me? Like uh, ac- active fascist uh, recruitment and like the the con- the continued growth of open reactionary movements that uh, in- incorporate violent. Uh, sorry, some just walked by violent. um uh, not just language, but rhetoric and the encouragement of doing literal violence to people. Like all mm-hmm. this stuff comes to this place and comes from this place. Like you want to find out where pizza, where Pizzagate conspiracies are being, you know, spread. Where where literal child pornography is being spread. Like these are the corners of the internet, and we should not let people embrace that without there being some reaction to it. Well, and a soft denial like this, I think, is doubly insidious because the thing is. <clears throat> Once you sort of notice groups like this, the, the sort of people who hang out in communities like this, they expect to be disavowed in some way. They fully expect once you get caught, like getting some mainstream attention, like playing footsie with reactionaries and fascists, they fully expect that you will have to, once the PC police and the SJW brigade have caught you, you have to say something to explain that like, oh, you, you realized you did a bad <laughs> but you won't really mean it. You just yeah. have to say it to placate the lefties, right? Yeah. But like, but because you've already, made your, you've already us, right? made your connection with them. You've already yeah. shown them that you're willing Wink. to like, ma- like, yeah, to like be in their playground and like, and chat and banter and whatever the fuck you, you're already linked. Like the, you, you've already formed a fucking alliance there. Like they're right. already going to look to you as somebody who was like, willing to come down with them and 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 f- like fuck around with them and whatever. So you're already fucking marred by this. Like you you've already you've already set this kind of whether you like it or not, now the fucking eight channers can come and claim you. Right. Right. Yeah. And you're right. certainly not going to dissuade them from doing that by releasing a milk toast statement like this <laughs> no. where you're like which they will Gosh, read chief, as only we known. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't endorse the kind of content you you find there. It's so frustrating and it's it's again, it's a tough situation. Like this is a company that I think many of us have been weirdly rooting for, or at least interested in. Like, oh yeah, THQ Nordic. They're they're kind of the like they're collecting a bunch of, of weird games and putting out games that seem kind of interesting, even if sometimes they put out games that wouldn't not, exist otherwise. Right. Exactly. Like, it, they, exactly. Like, Darksiders three does not exist in twenty eighteen. And I didn't particularly like Darksiders three, but like I'm glad Someone tried to make it happen, and that, that that's part of the reason I'm rooting for them, or had been rooting for them, because they were filling like a hole that had has sort of disappeared in like the gap between the mid-sized publisher. AAA, yeah. yeah, the mid-sized publisher, absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, that's that happened. All of that happened, and uh, I just want to make sure we gave it. Yeah, a, a we hot gave it. Yeah, that's minute. that's yeah. totally fair. Because and, I don't. Um, it is. It is. Very easy to try and want to forget this happened because it's ugly, it's disgusting, we don't want to think about it. There, It's easy to start rationalizing, well, the developers on the ground didn't do this themselves. And there is a there is a line between holding uh, T.C. Nordic forever accountable for ever having done this and not being able to take the games that they publish were made by developers who were not involved in this decision seriously and taking the work that they do seriously. But there is a way to do both of those things. And it is not to ignore that it happened and then just look straight at the art and, and forget the company that funded it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's also to not forget that it happened because uh, th- that is so so easy to do. And like this is so particularly egregious. It is so black and white. 
so many times it's not that clear where it's it's a lot of, it's easier to sweep it under the rug because like I but like this is just not one of those situations it's like it's this is black and white and and yeah yeah I, I put totally. out a, I put out a snide, snide tw- tweet over the weekend saying that they should be forever held accountable and I like mostly mean that um because the moment where it's not forever is where you earn your way out of that and this doesn't seem like it's many steps toward it. Yeah, if you've to err on one side of this, err on the side of holding them accountable indefinitely. And if they happen to earn the trust back and like and this isn't a call for a boycott, like I I but like don't let them forget that they that they did this. Yeah. Um, yeah. because they they need to earn that back and they should be forced to work extra hard to try to earn back that trust, not only with us, but for the people who work for them who whose trust they betrayed in this moment, right? Mm-hmm. And, and again, betrayal can be an active thing and it can it can literally also be a, ne- a thing of negligence. It can be a fail. And I say that as someone who has fucked up before. Like I know that there are times when I fucked up because I actively did something. And there were times when I fucked up because I didn't take seriously the responsibility of having a platform or that I didn't take seriously what my decisions would do to people who worked under me. Like that just happens. Like uh, nothing as big as this, obviously. But like absolutely there are times like, oh, man, how do I make sure this doesn't happen in the future? And for me as someone who who does need to look out for the people who work for me, like – I need to make sure not only that I don't actively fuck up, but that things that, that things are in place so that my passive actions or actions I do over here indirectly don't just trickle down in the worst possible way on other people's heads. And that is that is negligence is is just as bad when it plays out like this. And you know they should be held accountable for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, accountable doesn't mean I'll see you in court. Like yeah. I'm gonna go get the guy from Judgment to take you to court now. <laughs> um, but it does mean not letting them forget it. I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. All right. Now it feels like we did a podcast. Now we got through. We yelled yeah. a little bit. You know, we got all yeah, our we energy had to out. Yell. We went on a safari. We talked about um, stomach getting big. We <laughs> talked about God. the ancient gods multiple times. We talked about giant robots. We talked about hearts, hearties, hot guys, hot guys and hearties. <laughs> Hardy's, the the sandwich place. <laughs> hot guys in Hardy's. Follow me on my Tumblr, hotguysinhardies.tumblr.com. It's my upcoming oh, they, calendar. You can fund it on Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe they took my Tumblr, hot guys in Hardy's down. <laughs> Ugh, unbelievable. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Natalie? At Natalie Watson. Cotto. At A underscore Cotto underscore appears. Rob. At Rob Zachney. And Patrick, sick, resting, recovering. Where can people find you? At Patrick Klopik. You can find everything we do here at Waypoint. Twitter.com slash Waypoint. Waypoint.advice.com. Shoutouts to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You. I can't even say shoutouts to Bowen anymore without saying shout shout out to Mark. Uh, (laughs) Shout out to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at Waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. I think that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back later this week. I think we're going to try to do a little extra something. We're going to see if we can. There's going to be some extra stuff this week. This week. We'll see what we can do. So stay tuned for all of that and everything else. I need a throw. I need someone. Danielle's not here. So I need like a. Ahoy, me hearties. Great. Great. Peace.
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm just completely not tall enough to... It's a, you could just end it. I think what it is, it's... <laughs> wow. Damn. Body. I think it's more like we have to turn this table like this, and then you have to be Oh, here. and then you can go over there. Yeah, but oh. now I can't. Now that puts literally everything in their way for me. No. Yeah, you have to lower that down that way, and then like this one this. also. Yeah. It's fine. I'm still going to be blocked. No, no. If you sit here is what I'm saying. Oh, I see. You see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you like turn with okay. the table this way. Well, this hasn't been my spot, but... Damn. It's all gonna change when the Fire Nation attacks. Um, when the when the Fire Nation <laughs> attacks, yeah, that's right. When the I thought I was thinking, up. you know that you know when that came out, huh? When? Do you, how many years ago do you think that was? Uh, two thousand seven. Uh, I think it was fifteen. I was gonna say ten. Rob. 15. Oh, years. Years. I thought you said, I thought you meant yes. 2015. I was like, Rob. <laughs> no. Yeah. 2015 years ago. God damn. Uh, 2005 is when the first episode of Avatar Last Year. Really? Which is wild. Because it makes me think about this whole. I, I think that could be a good waypoint, by the way, at, uh, would be to just go back and watch the first episode, couple of episodes of Avatar oh, Last Year. I would do that as any like fucking day. a sea change in American animation. Yeah. Um, it's like, I wonder uh, if you should wait for the. Um, yes. There's got to be news sometime soon about that Netflix show. Yes. And so, like, whenever it's, like, casting or a director is announced, then, like, okay. Wait, is Netflix doing an adaptation? Yeah, they're yeah, doing a full partnership a, with the original yeah. creators, I think, to yeah. do live a live action. action. Live action. Yeah. Make um, new things. I agree. I agree. Even I mean, if they're they not are. that good. Even if they're not Just, that good. Make new things. Here's an idea. Just... Make a new Korra or follow like another series in that yeah, world. Yeah, I don't know totally. that that would be a good compromise. Yeah, like, I'd be happy with it. What if that crew made a show with mechs in it, and you had like, and you had like <laughs> mechs that could bend? I mean, I think it's already Korra. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking like you take the Korra yeah, theme. Yeah, yeah. Like, what yeah. about like historically? Right. Oh, between, that'd be great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. We're right. Do a podcast. Like, who are the now. Sicilians of the oh, Avatar world? That'd be that. I would love to know. Uh, we should clap. I should record. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. All right. Time moves in one direction. Memory in another. William Gibson. Uh, uh, I thought that was uh, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom uh, Hearts. I was going to say. King <laughs> Mickey. Yen Sid. Yen Sid. Yeah, that's uh, Yen a Yen Sid, Sid quote right there. Nomura would have something to say about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my hearties. Excuse me? Excuse <laughs> oh, Hardy! Don't remember the, the, fam- the famous quote from the Pirates of the Caribbean level. Is Wait, that what? thing that gets said? Is that their only call? Do you not, do you guys, fucking... did you not even pick up on that line? I didn't play Wait, this game. Jack, yeah. No, I know you did. Jack Sparrow. That's one of the last lines oh, before it cuts God. to logo at the end of it. He's like, Ah, yes, all of me Hardies. He's, he says Hardies. No, yeah. he does fucking not. No, he says Hardies. Yes, he does. I know, but oh, no, I didn't fuck. think about hearts. The hearts. Hearts. Yeah, I see. Yeah, oh, the hearts yeah. connection is. Uh huh. Mm, me hearties. 